Morning Project Presents. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Generic Video Game Podcast. Molly and I are about to embark on episode 36 and discuss what's relevant in the realm of video games, entertainment, and pop culture as we see fit, or more realistically, however much we can cram into 60 minutes. We hope you, the fans, have been enjoying the springtime and are getting geared up to do more gaming in the latest Nintendo Directs, State of PlayStation, and as E3 approaches. Please enjoy the next hour of audio magic, and afterwards we'll all go out for drinks at Valhalla. How's everything been on your end, Molly? It's me, 60 minutes of nothing but battle royale camp conversations. <laughs> You know, it's funny because, like, uh, uh, as much as people are sick of battle royales, like, I was kind of thinking that, and I mentioned this on Twitter a little bit, is I kind of want a Resident Evil battle royale, where the idea would be that if you get killed instead of actually dying, you become a zombie, and then you can still play and kind of like try to screw up for everybody else. And the later in the game you die, like, the, the more terrifying that you, you can become a more powerful zombie or even like a tyrant or things like that. This is so weird. This is deja vu, and I don't plan to bring this gentleman's name up every episode, but I always find a way. I, I feel like Neil and I just had this conversation about a month ago. Oh, yeah? And I want to say this led to a conversation, uh, and it wasn't my idea, by the way. I didn't come up with the concept. He was mentioning it. And it led us to discuss Resident Evil Outbreak. But yes. I think it, I think we brought that up because that was a product or a game ahead of its time where the concept was kind of right and... You know, an online-focused Resident Evil, but the whether it be the internet, the servers, the hardware, it wasn't quite there yet. So this is it's really interesting that you bring that up. Yeah, it's funny. Like some of those games from that era, where they they were doing things that if they happened now, they would be bigger. And at the same time, though, like Capcom has had a few chances for online Resident Evils, and they've screwed them both up. In the recent generations, because what there was Operation Raccoon City, yeah, which which I thought was not terrible. Like it that was the more great. recent iteration, like a few mm, years ago, correct? Not not the most most recent one. Okay, I don't think. Unless I'm mixing my names up, because the most recent one was God, which which was it? Now I got to look because um, it's it's funny that the Operation Raccoon City stuff came out. Or I'm sorry, the the out the outbreak stuff came out. Okay, you, you were right. You were right. So Operation Raccoon City was was the the no Umbrella Corps. Umbrella Corps was oh, an God, absolutely yeah. terrible one. Okay. Yeah, oh my God. So there was uh, Operation Raccoon City. Yeah, and then those were the shooters. So yeah, Operation Raccoon City was the okay, okay one. Umbrella Corps is a really terrible one. But it's funny that like Capcom had Outbreak and Outbreak Two, and they were really really interesting and stuff that people would probably totally want to play today. But now that we're in the position where those kind of ideas can actually flourish and and you know find their footing, that they're not trying that. They're just trying generic third-person shooter stuff. So if they're going to do that, if they're going to just go trend, then give me the battle royale. I do think you know, and it would take time to create the game and develop it. But you know, if you could get that out on the out on the market quick enough with the proper amount of quality. Um, yeah, I, I don't see how that wouldn't be a wouldn't be a hit. Like, did you hear about the guy who who the rich man who wants to have a battle royale in real life? What? 
<laughs> like obviously, obviously, the people weren't going to kill each other. But, but well, that was my next question. I, I think it... I think he it's so far like he actually owns a private island and he wants to have a real life battle royale happen. Well, how, well, I don't understand. How does that happen without killing each other? Is it just well, like a glorified like, I mean, like, laser like, tag? And yeah, I'm like I'm assuming like what not paint guns. What are they called? Oh, uh, paintball, mm-hmm. paintball stuff, and some sort of like monitors for like how at what point you're actually dead and and things like that. You know what I wish? I wish we had that much money to play with to even consider wanting to do something like that. And I can tell you I wouldn't do that. Okay, tell me. <laughs> tell me. Okay. You get a hundred. I mean, okay, hundreds a lot, right? Like, I don't Can you actually do a hundred? Maybe you do like 20, 25. You get 20 to 25, like, B or C tier celebrities. Oh, my God. And you have them actually, and you maybe even have them like tandem jump, right? Like you have like somebody hooked onto them to make sure they don't die. But tell me you could not see that as a Netflix series. Okay. As a. Like, like, a, like a, a six, seven. Okay. With the episode. proper. Yeah. Yes. It would be better than that uh, show I tried watching a couple seasons ago. And I can't remember the name of it where they put a. Like an action star uh, hosting it. Oh my god, I can't remember. I think Sylvester Stallone hosted one season. Then Anderson Silva, the fighter, uh, hosted one year. I think CM Punk might have even done a year, but I can't remember the name of the show. It was like a modern day American Gladiators type thing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, I didn't see that, but oh my god, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, I could definitely see something like that on uh, uh, Netflix. But seriously, tell tell me that people wouldn't watch that. You know. With with said twenty twenty five like no you know them at like like you know uh, Todd Bridges from Different Strokes <laughs> <laughs> you know and Rosie O'Donnell and you know people oh like God. that like you drop them out of a plane and make them shoot at each other on an island and see who can be the last person standing. <laughs> wow. Mm. But anyway. You still, what, have, what have you been playing for Battle Royale games lately? So, I mean, like, I'm really into Apex Legends. Um, which, yeah, that's been which, getting a lot of praise. Yeah, and which was the one that came out and got really popular, and then it pissed people off because the the Battle Pass is just trash. I think the problem is, is like, Epic with Fortnite has set this, this trend where every single week they're doing like all these kind of different things like events or like daily yeah you get you get new skins or new weapons or there's there's these like um LTMs like limited time matches i think or something like that or mode and every single week even like multiple times a week those things change and so there's just this constant feeling of freshness to what's going on in the game that i think has made it tough for all the rest of the battle royale games out there so you know, Apex Legends comes out, and it's been really slow into introducing new things, and hmm. I think some people are kind of bored with that. But I think one of the big problems was that just the battle pass is really boring. What but- is the battle? So here's the deal. My my knowledge on Apex is other people have talked to me about it. It was a uh, like a surprise launch. It was like announced yeah. or whatever one day and came out. I can't remember the name. I don't know. My brain's not working. Respawn? Yeah, well, Respawn, and I can't remember the term they use for stealth launch. So oh, it was stealth a stealth launch, stealth yeah. launch of a game. And I read in a recent Edge magazine out of the UK, uh, well, first off, they're, they're really uh, tough 
on their reviews, and I was surprised. They gave it like a nine, I believe. Yeah, I think I saw and, that. And they said if you read it on paper, if you read on paper everything that Apex uh, sets out to do, you're like, God, this, is, this isn't their words, but it's like just a potpourri of everything, and this is going to be a disaster. But they said in execution, they were really impressed with how everything came together. And um, so with all that being said and all of that praise and people who were telling me about it in recent memory, what's with this pass? Because I haven't really heard anything negative. What is this pass doing? Why is it uh, souring people? Well, so for, so for anybody who doesn't know what a battle pass is, is the idea, you know, you, you have, for example, like microtransactions, right? You have, okay, I can use real money to buy fake money and then use that fake money to buy skins or new weapons or weapon right, like skins cause, or, okay yep or you know like little icons for my name or you know whatever or you have um you know cause like that's what fortnite does is you have these things called v bucks and v bucks can buy the, the the new characters and all the characters are the exact same thing there's no difference between characters for for fortnite you can buy the gliders and, and whatnot. <clears throat> You're making me hate gaming, by the way, right now. I know, but please I keep know. talking. Uh, but then you have the battle pass. The battle pass, I actually, I, I legitimately do like the battle pass because it, it kind of, if you're going to have this kind of stuff, it, it makes it in an interesting way. So what it is, is in Fortnite, you get by a battle pass and there's a hundred levels. So basically what it is, is as you play through this, it's, it's tied to the season. So right now... God, we're on season eight, I think. Throughout the season, you earn XP, and then that XP not only goes to your overall just in the game level, but then your your season level. So if you don't buy the battle pass, there are certain levels where you'll get free stuff. So like at level one or level five, eight, for example, up to I think it's like forty something around there is where they stop giving you the free things. And so when you get to each of those levels. You'll get like, oh god, what is it? Like a, a not a taunt, but not an action, but like a, a, a emote. You'll get an emote. You'll get an icon for your little flag. You'll get a weapon skin. You'll get something. But if you spend money to to unlock the battle pass, then at every single level you get to, you get something for free. The Fortnite one is really, really good about giving you all these different things so that you're constantly unlocking stuff. And it it makes you want to play more. It makes you want to do the challenges to earn more XP. It makes you actually invested. And and the thing about the Fortnites is if you... You don't even have to complete it, but if you get to a certain point in um, unlocking the levels in the Battle Pass... It gives you enough of those those V bucks for free, and just in playing the battle pass, you can actually then pay for your next battle pass without spending any additional money. Holy Christ Almighty! So you can, if you're playing enough, you can keep getting the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one for free. Almost like fight money in SF5 to an extent, but more glorified and yeah, more more. I'm assuming user friendly. Yeah. So, so when I when I I started playing in season four, I think it was, and. Mm-hmm. I think season five might have been the first time I actually bought a battle pass, but it was it was fun because it does feel like it's always giving you something. So, uh, player known battlegrounds has had a battle pass now because they added after after Fortnite they added their own, and then Call of Duty's battle royale mode Blackout I think is what it's called. Uh, mm-hmm. They have a battle pass, and now Apex Legends has a battle pass because it's, it's again it's this thing where 
players have said that they really like it because they are spending money, but they're getting a lot of stuff in return for what they've spent. The problem with Apex Legends, and I knew this was going to be a problem because I'm a Titanfall 2 player, and if you play Titanfall 2, it was very easy to, to, to notice that Respawn is really bad about their cosmetics. Their cosmetics tend to be really boring. Um, they have like the, the, the skins for your Titan, which are kind of interesting, but they they never really put enough effort into making all these different types and, and kind of making your Titan look different. And then for your character, it's a whole bunch of like color skins, you know, or like camos or patterns and stuff, but it's not that interesting. And then they have weapon skins, and I don't, I've never found weapon skins to be very interesting. So Titanfall 2 is fine because it's a $6 game, you buy it. If you don't spend more on it, that's, that's great, right? But Apex Legends being free, they want you to spend money, but the Battle Pass comes out, and it's just... Everything in it is really uninteresting. The skins are uninteresting. <laughs> the weapon skins are uninteresting. And then... So, this it's I gotta explain how, how it works, is in Apex Legends, you have these kind of, like, character cards, almost, that show your character and then show different stats you have. And you can pick three stats to show. So, for example, I like playing the character Lifeline, who's the healer. So on mine, I have the amount of kills I have with that character. I have the amount of damage I've blocked with her her healing shield. And the amount of health I've I've um, healed myself or, or teammates for. So you see my character card and you kind of know those three stats about myself. For the Battle Pass, they have all these kind of stats you can unlock... But the thing is, is like a lot of these stats are only for season one. So, for example, if I want to have how many kills my character has has earned in season one, I'm at I think level fifteen or sixteen so far. I, I didn't buy the battle pass just, but just seeing like where I would be at if I had, and I'm nowhere close to unlocking her thing. But if I do unlock that stat, that stat's only for season one, and Jesus. once season one is over. Why would I ever want to have that stat for how I did in season one on my character card? So the, the problem with Apex Legends is that they just, it's all boring. Like, like none of the things you can unlock are really all that interesting, except for the kind of the free loot boxes that happen every now and then, or the credits to unlock skins. But everything else just is it's really uninteresting, especially when you compare it to a game like Fortnite. Damn. I feel, I feel like in terms of uh, Apex and everything that was explained, I feel like we just got done doing our taxes. Yeah, but I know. It's, Holy it's, Christ. It's, it is complicated. Like, like when I first jumped into Fortnite, like, it was really, really complicated to me. But once you get into it, you know, it's not bad. And I said, sure. I do like the Battle Pass. And Apex Legends is a really good game. And on a gameplay level, it's a lot, a lot of fun. And playing that, like, there's currently the Call of Duty Blackout is having a free month. And I tried to go back and try that again, and I couldn't stand it. Because of just how, like, unintuitive and how clunky the controls are compared to Apex Legends. But Apex Legends uh, Respawn has done so little with that game to make you want to spend money so far. That's crazy, because especially with the response it's gotten out the gate, you would think they'd want to... Capitalize well, it, on part that. of it. Part of it feels like they were unprepared. Like mm. they just didn't realize Jesus. how popular and how big this game was going to hit. So 
they've kind of said that, they, you know, well, let us get past season one to season two. It'll be, it'll be better. But, like, you can't do that at this point. There's so many competitors. And people will just go back to Fortnite. They'll go back to PUBG. They'll go back to Call of Duty, you know? Like, they... You can't count on them sticking around for, you know, the the season's like, I think, what, three months or so? So that's three months of a bland batch of content. That's going to make people lose their interest. This is, this, we're yes. talking about people, uh, if they're a Twitch streamer, their favorite Twitch streamer misses a day, they're onto something else. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you want to look at like how quickly these things come and go, you know, there's, there's Ninja, right? Everybody, everybody knows Ninja, the, the, Oh. colorful haired guy who's been everywhere recently yeah he's he's gone in a matter of months from having like two hundred thirty thousand subscribers on twitch to having like thirty thousand subscribers on twitch god he, i mean he's lost hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in terms of revenue from his streamers i mean from his his subscribers just because things come and go that quickly at this point. And and by the way, I did not know who Ninja was until you educated me on him a couple weeks ago. But uh, and for those that don't know, listening at home, uh, Ninja is a what, what would you consider professional uh, gamer or more I mean, professional I mean, I Twitch streamer? Professional, he's, he's a yeah. Twitch streamer. Yeah, I had no idea. But when you showed me the numbers and some of the links, um, man, that's. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, there were estimates that at some points he he could have been pulling in like nine hundred thousand dollars a month. Jesus Christ! From being a Twitch streamer. Uh, do you know how old the uh, ninja uh, ninja is? I mean, he's is? like twenty something. God Almighty! It has to be. I, I, I was I was in the first half of the twenties, but I could be wrong. Doing he's gonna be doing coke, going to the clubs. Hopefully he doesn't uh, he doesn't do what. Um, the original programmer of the Atari Twenty Six Hundred hard horrible version of Pac Man did. Just read that in a recent retro gamer who is uh, retelling history, re, uh, revisionist. That's a story for another day. But he talked about the money he made in his young age and blowing through it in about a year and drugs and drinking and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he's he is twenty seven. I'm sorry. So he is a little bit older. Ninja. Than I wow. Yeah. But so for example, when Apex Legends came out, right? Uh, EA paid him a million dollars to play Apex Legends for a few days to promote it. But yeah, listen, listen, listen to me. If, if people, our listeners, listen to nothing else, if you ever get this popular, know, know that your time is going to be up soon. It's 15 minutes of fame, remember, so... In- invest a portion of it, pay off a house. Put that money, in as don't, much of it as you can. Yeah, don't don't drink, don't do drugs. Don't get the bigger house yet, don't get the fancy yeah. cars. Just pay it off. Don't spend Be- the money, just yeah. see where you're going, see how long it lasts. Oh, yeah. If it lasts for a year and you've got a lot saved up, then you can spend a little, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, don't spend it right away. You don't just, have to just, clock in, answer to anybody. I'm used to that. <clears throat> Yeah, avoid that. Wow. Because if if you're in that kind of situation and you can just last long enough and put enough of it away, then you will be set for life. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm. Let's see. So we've gone over our taxes. We've gotten sick uh, discussing uh, top modern day gamers and the money they're bringing in for doing all of absolutely nothing <clears throat> with the hobby that we love. I, let's switch to a positive note. Uh, I think you'll be having taking the podium, the stand again here. Uh, recent, actually, 
I guess coin toss. You want to talk about the analog Mega Drive you recently got? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know, I know the other side of that, but I think the analog is a good place to start. It's because it's it's interesting how much it affects the next thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I you know, if for anybody who doesn't know, analog is this company who produces consoles that are reproductions of consoles that already existed. They are not emulators, though, like the Retron, things like that. They have, uh, what it is, it's a chip that can tell itself it is different hardware. So it is still a form of emulation, but it's where you are making a chip think it is a different chip to be basically hardware emulation so that you are not having software emulation. So in theory, everything should play exactly like it played on the original hardware. So... Analog has done uh, a, an NES version before, an SNES version before, but just recently their Mega SG came out, which is their Genesis reproduction. It is amazing. This guy, Keptris, um, Kevin Horton, his name might be. It's Keptris, though. Um, he is a wizard of stuff. He kind of reverse engineers hardware and he makes these chips, uh, or he programs these chips. And it's it's a miniature, not let I me mean, not kind of Genesis Mini as we will talk about, but it's like a smaller Genesis. Basically, when you get it, holding it right here, it's got a cartridge slot. It's got two Genesis controllers. It's got an SD card slot. It's got a USB micro and HDMI port and then the two special features of the mega sg that it has it does have the headphone jack in in honor of the headphone jack in the original genesis and mega drive and it even has a port to connect it to a sega cd and so when you get this you basically it is a reproduction of the genesis but it plays like a genesis except it's got a ton of other options can go in and mess around with the the video settings the audio settings uh tweak them to crazy levels almost any single cartridge you can put in there will work it'll work with the the ever drives and things like that and it's just it's beautiful like i i love the genesis but my genesis has been broken for a while so i was hoping and praying analog was going to do this they did i've been playing it for a while and it's the, the, the interesting part is there's kind of an unexciting element to talking about it because it's it's to me it's just been a genesis and that's exactly what it should be and that's why it's so impressive but it's weird because the better it is the the less there is to say in in a way because if it's doing everything it should be doing, then you say, yeah, it's, it's a Genesis, you know. You're saying from the perspective that it's not adding any modern-day doodads or functionality in a sense of like, hey, they added this and tweaked this, which wasn't, which wasn't available in the original Genesis, yet at the same time doesn't have it stay true to the original. Well, it, I mean, it, it does have like the settings that you can get into. So like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can add scan lines. You can you can play around with the way the audio because the audio is really interesting on the Genesis because different models of the Genesis had different Yamaha chips for the audio chip. So there's actually there's better sounding Genesis's Mega Drives and worse sounding ones, and the Model Two sounded different than the Model One. So one of the cool things about the Mega SG is you can actually go in and really tweak the audio levels to be kind of 
what you remember depending on what hardware you had. I guess just my thing is like, you know, if you talk about like, like kind of these reproduction consoles, it's always like, well, is there slowdown? Is there, is there a controller lag? Do the graphics look right? Does it sound, sound funky? But like that, it's just all the Genesis. It's the way the Genesis was. Like there's almost no little instances where you can really tell differences if, you know, if you've got settings tweaked certain ways. So that's where it's kind of a little bit unexciting. It's just because it's, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. And because of that, there's no, oh yeah, you know, the there's lag or, oh, the, the graphics look great compared to, right. you know, what other revisions we've gotten before from these companies. You know, it's 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 what it's supposed to be. I was going to say, if you want a visual of this, obviously, while we don't, you'll have a YouTube channel and haven't done this, uh, check out Metal Jesus Rocks. He did a nice overview on this a couple weeks ago and got into everything, showed the menus on boot up. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, My Life in Gaming did a really good, uh, pretty long... Oh, yeah, yes. ...look into it. And I also know... I haven't uh, seen a teardown. I wanted to see a teardown or see what it looked like inside. I haven't looked at... Well, I I think uh, the Digital Foundries tear it down, because I know they went through and did a really complicated kind of look into it. Theirs might have been a teardown. Did you see the internals of it yet? Um, I have, yeah. Not mine, but I have Well, you're right, right, right. Was there yeah, much it's, in that? That's interesting more... because there, there actually is like a metal plate in there because when you hold it, it's got a nice weight to it. Okay. And so they actually did even put like a metal plate in the bottom to make it kind of have a, you know, a weight to it. Did it look like it was more than just like your, and I, I know this is not what it is, but was there more to it than say like your Linux or Raspberry Pi type innards? Like, was it more complex than that? No, I mean, it's actually not from my memory. It's not that, it's like, it's, these days, like, this stuff is a lot simpler than you think it's going to be. Mm. I think the complexity in this one came from the fact that, like, it is using Genesis ports. It does have the okay. headphone jack. It does have the Sega CD port, you know. So that's kind of where the complexity came in. Mm-hmm. But... I was um, shocked yet loved at the same time that they did include that headphone jack. While that may seem like a minor thing, that's something that just isn't done anymore. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It is. It's like it's really crazy. Like same thing with the Sega CD, you know, port. Like they could have not had that, but it's it's wonderful that they did. But it's funny because on the original Genesis, the the headphone jack was the way you got stereo sound from your games, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very very important. Whereas that's not a problem here. So it's just kind of there to be a neat little homage to the original do you think they would be crazy enough down the line to add their own miniature sega cd upgrade for it to go underneath i mean there's people who have been talking about that and i I think the problem is it would just be too niche Hmm. of a device because at this point like the sega cd's library is small enough that Hmm. i I, if you're like starting new i think it's going to be hard for you to get many of any games right and also the sega cd has a problem I mean, obviously, you can always burn discs, right? But it's not like, like for for mine, and you don't actually need this anymore because of the 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 quote unquote jailbreak firmware that came out. But I had the Mega EverDrive to put ROMs onto, right? So you have a solution like that for for cartridge games, whereas you you don't really have that easy all in one solution for disc games. So either you're going to sit there and like burn a bunch of discs and use those, or you're going to have to have the original games. And just with the library being smaller, and now from what I might know, like not completely cheap, 
like I don't know how much of a market there is. You know, the, the it's kind of the interesting argument like versus the TurboGrafx 16 where the problem on the Sega side is that the Sega CD has extra hardware inside it. You know, it it wasn't just a CD player. It 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 added things to the system to give you scaling and rotation and additional colors. Oh right, 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 yeah. Whereas the Turbo Graphics gets really interesting so that if Analog does their own kind of PC engine, they could literally just have a USB port that you plug a USB CD drive into because for that system, the CD drive was literally just a CD drive. I didn't know that. Yeah. How did I not know that? Yeah, there was new additional hardware. I mean, now people are going to catch me on this. There was like, okay, it brought like battery backup so you could have saves and things like that, right? But in terms of changing what the actual system could do, like the CD drive only, it was about storage. You know, that's why you could do... It had to have, like, an operating that. system. Not to sound stupid. It had to have, like, an OS on there so it would boot for through yeah, the turbo. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It had, it had the OS but you're saying yeah. it, at its heart, at its core, there was nothing beyond an actual disc player yes. that it so utilized. Beyond, beyond just the, the kind of conveniences like the, wow. the, 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 the save storage and stuff. Wow. So that's the problem with the Genesis that the, the T16 wouldn't have is that if Analog does make their own then it's a really, really cheap solution to have the CD player. Wow. And then I guess I should say the fact that the analog uh, make SG does not play 32X games. Mm. Because that, that's, a, that's an entirely different beast and more complexity. And so... No harm, no foul there. They've said that it's not not coming, but like, don't hold your breath for that. Like, there may be a solution down the line. Wow. What it does have, though, which is really, really neat, Analog is making adapters for it, and when you buy the Mega SG, you actually get one for free, which you plug that adapter in, and it'll play Mega Drive games, but they're also having adapters so you can play Game Gear games, uh, Sega Mark II and Mark III, I believe, and then Sega My Card, which were the little card games that were looked very, very similar to the TurboGrafx-16 cards. So... This is kind of like if if you are into like retro Sega, like for eighteen and sixteen bit, like this one system can cover everything, which is really awesome. Now let me ask you this: uh, I know the dust is still settling on that that piece, but uh, before we get to the other side of the coin, have you been watching any of the new videos? And I'd say in the last month they've put up at least a half dozen on the official YouTube page for Polymega. I got to tell you though, I got to give them some credit. Uh, I mean, they're showing the camera, like, they're showing them pop the disc in, they're showing the hardware, and they're showing it run, and I watched all the videos. Have you watched them? I, I haven't, but I, I do know, and I haven't read the entire thing, I do know that um, Jeremy Parrish, somebody I've known for a long time, and somebody who's really, really into the retro gaming scene, mm-hmm. uh, he did get the chance to play it for, I think, an hour or so. Oh, he did? Yeah, and he had legitimately positive things to say about it. I know it's been a, a system and a piece of hardware that we've we've that we were kind of initially excited about and then very very cautious about. But to have someone like him say that he thought the hardware was pretty decent, like that means a lot to me. So so I'm really curious to, to see more about it. Yeah, they were showing a whole bunch of stuff on it uh, recently, and I you know you could even see like the dashboard a bit and what the like I think you could hear the menu music and and what have you, and they even hinted around that 
because they want everything done legally. So you either have to own it. Like if you own the game or disc, you can dump it to the system, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't, it won't just straight up play ROMs. But they made it sound like there would be a, quote, solution for that, which leads me to believe, could it be crazy enough where they're going to talk to the companies or as many as them, you know, that still exist or somehow get approval to maybe open up a digital download store? Well, the interesting thing is, and it might seem a little weird at first, but so to people who don't know, Polymega is this this kind of base unit that has, you know, a back on it and then kind of a, a bottom plate that has like the, the CD drive in it. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is, for example, if you want to play Genesis games, you, you buy the Genesis unit and then you plug the Genesis unit into the, the core the core part of the system. And, and not to cut you off, for those who haven't seen it, it does look uniform and neat. It doesn't look like a yeah. Frankenstein device. Yeah, it, it's not like you're not plugging like an actual Genesis into yeah. it. It's like all like these uniform kind of designs. Um, and then like the Genesis unit, for example, has the Genesis controller slot and then a slot for the cartridges, uh, the the TG16 for the, the, the card slot and the controller slots and everything. Um, but the interesting part is, is that if you do dump your own games to the system, you can play those games without having those units plugged in. Oh, really? So if oh. you're just using, if you're using the default controller that comes with the Polyomega, and all you have set up is just the base part without one of the units plugged in, then you can play anything you've dumped to it. Hmm. Which is, it's kind of weird. Yeah. But so basically, it's what it is, is that those units that you plug Are in, you t- they, they don't actually... Have hardware in them? From my understanding, they aren't the hardware part. They are the getting you the the cartridge port and the controller ports. And oh, things okay, like okay, okay, okay. Hmm. Because this this system, because originally this system was going to be like the analog stuff where it had the FPGA in it, but it's not. It's now much much more emulation software emulation based. So I think in that switch those deck things mm-hmm. became less important to have modules or whatever in. yeah whatever yeah, the modules yeah yeah, yeah. hmm i know there, and i'm not like trying to stick up for them i don't know anything beyond you know what i've seen and whatnot i know they're they they really stand by the product and how it's not just emulation but back to what you just said what made them backpedal on the fpga was it maybe just too much of a daunting task for i mean i think it's some reason why they can't do it like so you have like captress who's working with the, the analog stuff who's been working this for a long long time you have this whole mister project i don't know if you've heard of that no where it's basically an fpga but instead of just emulating one console like analog stuff does is you can actually reprogram it to to emulate different consoles so it's kind of thinking like a Raspberry Pi, but instead of being software emulation focused, it's it's the hardware emulation focused. Hmm. But that it can emulate multiple consoles at the same time. But like if if you've heard Kevtris talk, I think he was saying that maybe the PS1 was the farthest he thinks FPGAs can go at this point. That might be as far as he was saying. Uh, so like. Sega Saturn, for example, we're nowhere close to being able to do that. Because of the complexity of the chipsets and all the crap that's in there? Because of the complexity of the system, yeah. Yeah. So, and and I I think, too, is like that I don't know if they appreciated how hard it is to, to program this FPGA stuff, you know? So, so if you're saying, like, yeah, we're going to have a Genesis and a Turbo right. and a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo and a Neo Geo. I don't know if Neo Geo is one of them. I think, no, yeah, Neo CD. Yeah. Is, yeah. Neo Geo and a Saturn and a PlayStation and an N64. It's like 
coming up with all those things in that time span for for a certain budget like is not easy you know i mean analog's been doing this for years now and they've they've technically released three systems right. so far you know so it's it's a lot more complicated than that i think maybe a lot more complicated than they appreciated possibly mhm I can't remember the gentleman's name, but they've even gone out and licensed or paid to use the the best Saturn emulator or, or that's out there. I think incorporated. Right. Yeah, so that kind of tells you right there that they bit off more than they can chew, and that you know they must have exhausted every avenue before going that route. Well, I believe. I mean, and I could be wrong about this, but I believe when you say it's the best emulator, it's the only actual emulator that will do anything decent in terms of emulating mm. saturn i think i think there is that one choice wow so i don't think there's even a lot of choices in that like saturn's a tough nut to crack hmm. and and so i do want to say before we get on to the the certain other thing um real quick along with the analog mega sg of course came the 8-bit dough m30 controllers analog didn't make them it wasn't like an official controller for the analog Mega SG or anything, but they worked in partnership with 8BitDo to kind of pre-sell them. And it's a Genesis controller, but it's going to really, really remind you of a Sega Saturn controller. Because it has a start button in the middle, it has a six-button layout, uh, but then it has the two shoulder buttons as well. And it's, once you get it working, it is a, so far, fantastic controller. Um, there are two versions if you're if you're looking into this. The version I got is a 2.4G. Now the plus on that is it's a more robust wireless standard, so you're going to have more reliability when using it to play games. Uh, the negative is that when you buy it, it comes with the little dongle because it's a wireless controller uh, to plug into the system, but it will only work with Genesis, or I think maybe master system as well possibly but i think there you can i can't remember if you can get an additional dongle for this to use on other systems but the other version is a bluetooth version that's meant for more consoles but in order to use that you have to buy a much more expensive dongle to plug into the genesis or the mega sg to use it um, it is, it is, it is a really, really great controller, but you have to think about like which way you want to use it. Do you want it strictly for Genesis or do you want it for your switch and your computer and things like that? And thanks to the incompetence of 8BitDo's <laughs> support staff, um, I got a second free controller, which is really nice. Uh, so I had a problem where my, my, it said to upgrade because, uh, update the firmware because... The release firmware had problems with with keeping the the signal going, so they released this firmware update. I tried it, totally hosed my controller, and the the, the receiver were not working at all. I contacted their support staff, told them the entire situation. They asked me to send a video of it not working, and I did. And they said, "We don't know. Return it to Amazon." Jesus, which to me was not an answer. Like, how do you not know why your product is broken? Um, I talked to Amazon. They're like, that's dumb. We'll just send you a new one. <laughs> just keep the one you have now. Do whatever with it. We'll send you a new one. And in the process, for anybody out there who potentially may have this problem in the future or know somebody who would, what I found out was 
being a Mac user, I didn't realize this, but on Windows, when you download zip files and you, you open them, you aren't necessarily actually unzipping them, that you can actually just open it and look at it as a folder, but it's you're looking inside the zip instead of actually unzipping it, if that makes sense. And so what I was doing originally was I was I was navigating the zip file while it was still zipped, and I was dragging the, the update files out the zip file, and that's where it was breaking. But it worked like it seemed like it should be normal, so I didn't re- realize that, but you have to make sure, absolutely make sure that you are unzipping that, that download and then do the updates that way. If you do it that way, it works fine, and even if you break it like I did, you can then recover it just fine. But I figured that out, so now my, my first controller works, and I'm getting a second one for free. Wow. So, thank you, 8 for not knowing what you're doing. Damn. But. Hmm. But overall, you've been, uh, you'd give it a thumbs up for those listening. If they're on the fence, hardcore Mega Drive Genesis fans. Uh, oh, I love you, it. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I think to me, like, like I said, my Genesis is broken, and I've been wanting to get it fixed for a long time. And I actually even, I don't remember the name of the company, but there's an, a company that actually produced a component video cable for Genesis that I bought. That it was like 20 bucks, maybe. Um try to get like the kind of best video out but at this point like i don't know why i would use my genesis because i don't have 32x so i don't care about that and the the power based adapter does not work on the mega sg but it has the master system adapter anyway so you don't need it and just with all the features this has with how nice it looks out to hdmi how small and convenient it is it's fantastic and i, I don't i mean this is to me, the best way to have a Genesis that is kind of future-proofed as much as it can be at this point. Um, now, what if someone and, didn't want to spend 180 bucks and go around to all the used game shops? Well, hang on, hang on, hang okay. on. Before, before you get that, let me say one final thing, uh-huh. is that there is a bonus to it, and people who own the, the Super NT will know this, but... Like, I, I did buy a, a Mega EverDrive. I bought it during Black Friday and spent, like, 80 bucks on it, I think. But the 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 unofficial firmware did come out. And the thing about the unofficial firmware is it's it's supposedly from the guy who made the console, like, from Capturist. But he can't say it's from him because, you, you know, the, legally he can't say that. <laughs> So it comes out, and <clears throat> you can now completely play ROMs on the system, just off SD card without needing EverDriver or anything. So it is 180 plus shipping, but you get a perfect modern Genesis that if you want to, then you don't even need an EverDrive for it. You can just put an SD card in there and have all your ROMs, your Master System and Genesis ROMs, and they'll play just fine. Wow. So, but if you don't, yeah. Want now, to spend before that money, you, you barely crack the box open on that thing, and then a couple days later, we get the big announcement. Um, announcement from uh, Sega themselves, <coughs> which is interesting because for everybody who remembers, Sega announced this like a year or some ago, but 
when they announced it originally, it was with At Games, which is infamous for making really crappy Genesis clones and emulators and things like that. And so everybody bitched and they went back to the drawing board. And so instead, Anthony, what are we getting? Well, we actually get the, uh, I don't know the official name, but was it the Mega Drive Mini, known as the Genesis Mini? Yeah. It's going to be coming out in September. And uh, yeah. the the real caveat, the big kicker is that M2 will be handling yes. the emulations slash built-in software of the 40 games that will be coming with it. Now, don't worry, folks. Don't get too excited. Well, this is a thumbs up. We'll start off with that. It's going to be around 80 bones. Uh, ten games have been announced so far for Japan and the U.S. respectively. Don't worry, don't fear. Sega has found a way to slip on a little bit of a banana peel <laughs> for the stateside market. So, um, you know, we're doing our jumping up and down and jumping for joy. Sega's got a new piece of hardware coming out for the first time in almost two decades. They're they're on a roll. And uh, while minor, not a huge thing, the stateside. Mega Drive Minis, the Genesis Minis, will be coming with the three-button controller, whereas the oh. overseas version will be coming with the six. Awful, awful. Like, and I know people have said, like, well, that's the controller everybody knows and remembers, and it's like, I don't care. It's, it's, no. Like, it's, this is, <laughs> I, I was, like, the, the M2 thing, right? Like, that is literally going from the worst choice you could have to the best choice right. you could have. And almost everything else with this announcement was fantastic the first night it was flawless yes but yeah so the 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 japanese version comes with the 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 core version comes with one six button controller but if you buy if you spend like 20 bucks more then you get two six button controllers which is exactly the way it should be but for us we get these stupid three buttons which there's no reason in the world to even use well, those things anymore. So. My guess, and I'm not trying to justify this, okay? I'm trying to think why they would do that. My my guess is, for nostalgia purposes, everybody envisions the first time they got their Genesis with that iconic three-button pad. But we could also make the argument that, that at least out the gate, you know, I do see some people maybe impulse buying this around the holidays, like going to GameStop while they're still in business and other establishments. You know, there, there will be some impulse buys from behind the counter. But at the same time, you're catering to such a hardcore niche market in that, you know, people know that M2 is doing it. Um, you know, Sega's getting this right now. Why wouldn't you put the six-button pad in? And here's the thing. While minor, while we all own 87 different versions of the game I'm going to make, let's say one of those games on that system is Street Fighter II Special Champion I was gonna say, Edition. Yeah, if that is yeah. on there, which I would think it's going to be. Now, now, now you've got a, a wounded leg... On the Genesis, on the American version, you know, it will bring back those frustrating memories of having to hit the start button to switch between punch and kick. God, it'll be just like playing it, but you know, things like that. <clears throat> I mean, if if you want my assumption of why this happened, I think the easy answer is 
they wanted to include I guess I mean I guess well the question that gets is is it a price thing right because I guess my my assumption was they wanted to include two controllers they know in America they're not going to be able to have two different packages like Japan's going to have it's not going to work with retailers they need one package it's cheaper to have two three buttons versus two six buttons now maybe it's not I I could be wrong I, the the cost difference between those two could be minimal but that's what my assumption was is the fact that. It's just cheaper to go with two three buttons versus two six buttons. But it might also be a dumb nostalgia thing, which if that's the case, then there that's even worse because <laughs> it's just like that that's that's just don't who cares? It, it's obviously this is based on nostalgia. Right. People are gonna get it on nostalgia, that's fine, but with how much they've done right with this, yeah, I don't I don't just get go it. all the way and make it right. I know. Don't 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 handicap it like they're doing because could, you're right like are, are you going to put street fighter on this thing now because nobody let, wants to play on let me button. ask you this okay so i'm assuming <clears throat> so m2 is doing the software sega's got their stamp of approval on this so sega's probably has a what would you say like a vendor or someone that's going to pump out the shells the innards the controllers we on the same page yeah I could also make the argument, even if it's a cost-cutting measure like you say, you now have to have two different molds Yeah. in six-button for Japan, three-button here, even if we never – even if we, quote, never see the six-button over here. If we're really slicing and dicing, don't you think it would just be cheaper if you just went six-button all the way all around and didn't have to worry about another alternate or mold or creation? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, unless there's are, are these using the original Genesis uh, plugin, the nine pin or whatever it is. No, 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 no. They're, they're okay. Cause so the only dumb thing I was gonna say would they got Genesis controllers laying around in a warehouse or something odd. But yeah, so I can't really. I don't understand the justification of this of now creating more work for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it's know. weird. It's like it's it's the one. We, it's just like the Americans have to screw it up somehow, right? Like yeah, it, I don't. Like, well, okay, no, there's one of the screw up I think Americans have done with this thing, which we haven't gotten to yet. But I, I just like I don't understand, you know. It just it's not, I don't care if it's nostalgia. It doesn't have to do with bloodlines, does it? No, okay, no. Okay, okay. No. So, because I thought I saw some people, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not an expert on bloodlines. I thought someone was complaining about they want to see all the three different versions, or European, Japanese, and America. I don't know what the differences were. Well, no, I think I think the thing is, is like uh, the way M two is doing this is my understanding is that it's going to have all three well, ju- on, on on the hard. Judging by work they've done on Switch, three DS, uh, PS three, Neo Geo ports, etc. Yes, that has always been in the options menu to try all territories, tweaks, modifications. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, but I can't remember what the Castlevania Bloodline fans were hooting hmm, and hollering about. Sure. But I, I think at the end of the day, I will definitely get one. And I and, and in this case, I haven't really imported much lately or in, in years. It's very sparse what I actually do import these days. But I'm rather confident I'll be importing one of these. Well, so, okay. Um, so my, my, my first thing before I get into the actual argument is that I am now put in a weird place because of having the analog in, uh, Mega SG. Mm-hmm. Like... I was really excited for Sega to do something good with this. And when they announced they were going to go back to the drawing board, made me happy. 
I love the announcement. I think for the most part, they got it right. A few small problems like one we just talked about. But the reality is, is if I got this right, I wouldn't be getting it just for the games, the 40 games that are on it. Like the, I, I think to me, and it's not the same for everybody, for me, the NES Classic, the SNES Classic, were great ways to then give me a small, convenient way to have those libraries again, those libra- libraries again in, in that kind of way. You know, like I, I do have the retro USB um, NES clone, but I don't have an EverDrive for that. I don't have the Super NT. I don't have an EverDrive for, for Super Nintendo. So those are great ways for me to fill in those libraries where I've sold games or don't have those games anymore or they're back home or whatever. Um, the the Mega Drive Mini, the like Genesis Mini, suddenly becomes a thousand times less interesting to me because of having the Mega SG now. Like, all those needs are already fulfilled in a perfect package. Like, not even, like, even as good as M2 is, it's not even software emulation anymore, you know? So, so like, that's the one of the two sticking points for me on this. But if I do get it, like, I am going more towards the Japanese version, both right. because of the controllers, but also because it it's they're being r- really interesting with the Japanese titles they've announced. Whereas I think the American ones are just a little bit safer and that's that's kind you, of disappointing. This me. just hit me out of nowhere. Do you think and I did see I believe Comic Zone even on the Japanese one, but do you think the American one may have not obscure in terms of Maybe obscure for what would have been Japan, but like, do you think it's going to have oddball stuff like Green Dog, Shikan, the Forever Man, like titles that have kind of been? I'm I'm not asking for those. I'm I'm not saying that's what I want. That's not what I'm looking for. But is that the mm-hmm. argument you're making? You think there's going to be more of those? Well, okay, okay. So so let's let's look at the the libraries real quick, and you can kind of see the difference. So the American one, the ten tiles announced so far: Echo the Dolphin. Castlevania Bloodlines, Space Harrier 2, Shining Force, uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bee Machine, Toe Jam and Earl, Comic Zone, Sonic the Hedgehog, Gunster Heroes, and the problem I have, Altered Beast. Again, I think Altered <laughs> Beast like the controllers. That's a nostalgia pick, not a smart pick, and that annoys me. Okay, So, in that collection, I think... A lot of people were surprised by Castlevania Bloodlines. Mm-hmm. That's one of those games where, like we're really never sure if we would actually get that or not. You know, because it's it's uh, I mean it's it's Castlevania, but it's also a harder to find game. It's like not right a game you usually expect to be included in these kind of collections. Otherwise, most of the titles are, are are pretty pretty safe bets. On the Japanese side, we do still have Castlevania. Gunster Heroes, Shining Force, Comic Zone, Space Harrier 2. We have Sonic 2 instead of Sonic 1. We have Puyo Puyo 2, which is, of course, maybe Machine. But then the three interesting ones are uh, Namco's Wrestle Ball, Rent-A-Hero, and then I I don't know the name of this game, but it's basically the Puyo Puyo kind of RPG. You mentioned it, and then I looked it up. I saw the shot. Yeah, at first I had no idea what you were talking about, and then I saw a couple shots, and I was like, wow. 
So the Genesis, I mean, the, the, the Mega Drive version, Japanese version, feels like they're being a little bit more daring with, like, these are the kind of games that we haven't put in collections 800 times already. I have to say, And that's where yep. it gets interesting to me. I have something kind of off topic to say, but something that's always bothered me. I'm, Space Harrier is one of my favorite games of all time. And I've played Space Harrier 2 a bit on the Genesis, and it has a it has a good look, and it's it's good for what it is. And my weird statement is that I wish someone would go back or and just change some of the sound effects in that version. Because it's so weak on the Genesis at that point in time. You know, it's not that the hardware couldn't mm-hmm. do better. Or, you know, that was like a launch title from, I think, 88. Right. Right. God, just the sound of the we- the weaponry and so- just some of the classic arcade sounds from the original Space Harrier. If they could just go back in and like just uh, magically fix that. Yeah. You, th- th- am yeah. I making sense? It's such a weird thing because the visuals and stuff aren't bad. You know, it doesn't have the scaling of the original, like the arcade hardware. But, you know, it's actually it's a good game. But, God, if there was one thing I could fix on that, you know, usually in games it's like it's the graphics or it's missing a level. That one... Oh, I wish they'd fix the sound. Mm. But do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but hey, on the bright side with those 10 games, uh, we've all, already beaten the PlayStation Classic out of the box. And we still have 30 slots left. So unless Sega wants to take the crown for dig- biggest disappointment all around, you know, they'd have to include... Uh, you know, fifteen different versions of Madden, uh, and, and you know every other sports title with, that that you can think of to really uh, dump it to sink it. Yeah, but so I, uh, I just, I, I just, I hope. Well, I think the problem isn't as much. I hope they are daring with their choices. I think they are being. It's just a problem is on the American side. Is like the the choices they're making and the replacements they're making is like. Again, Altered Beats should not be on there. And I know you would say, okay, Echo Dolphin should be there. Toe Jam and Earl should be there. You know, com- uh, Comic Zone should be there. But it's just kind of like we've we've seen those games just so many times, I feel like. Right. At a certain point. You know, and, and just I really appreciate the Japanese side being like, we're, we're not giving you the games that, Everybody says has to be there. We're giving you games that give value to this system, you know, because there there's some interesting choices. Like they could go with Battle Mania Two on Japanese side, which is which is the sequel to Troubleshooter that we never got in 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 the West, and the game is now like eight hundred and some dollars if you want a copy of it. Like stuff like that would be really interesting if they're like here. Here's these crazy fun niche Mega Drive games that maybe aren't as easy to get anymore or aren't as cheap to get anymore. I mean, you obviously have to balance it out between stuff that has to be there, like a Sonic 2, like a Shining Force, like a Puyo Puyo 2, you know? But, like, I I want to really see them be more daring in their choices and then still have that exist on the American side. And that's why, at this point, I kind of don't have much faith in the version we're going to get. Well, let me ask you this. With all of this Mega Drive talk, you already have your analog Mega Drive. Mm -hmm. You're about ready to put in your pre-order for your import Mega Drive Mini. 
And mm-hmm. before you're done with your Mega Drive fix for the evening, are you about ready to go online and place your money down on the table for the reissue of Glay Lancer for for your brand new analog? So you know what's interesting is like is like I I really didn't know much about that game, so I actually played it yesterday. Yeah. Um, and it's a really cool, really interesting shooter. the The problem is, so this is a company. And I'm going to get none of the names right, but it's it's what is it, Columbus Circle or something like that. Um, they they did those like weird. Famicom games where like one was just basically a music player and it was like music and visuals but it wasn't an actual game and then they did the game where it's like you're the girl running into the grab all the stars in the sky they've they've done like they did this series of of new Famicom cartridge games yeah I'm looking at them right yeah extreme comma Columbus circle which I didn't realize that part because I think it was originally done by Messiah well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the Glay Lancers, yeah. yeah. So they did they did those, and then they recently did a. Um, it's like eight bit land, sixteen bit land, something like that. They did this kind of like rhythm action game that was both on Famicom and, and Mega Drive. That I was actually thinking about getting the Mega Drive version of that, and now they're doing the Glay Lancer reprint. The problem is, is what I've heard. I do not own any of their games, so I can't say it directly, but I have heard that they use really cheap materials in making their cartridges to a point where there's been problems with the Famicom games actually dying after a while. The- because of the the way the voltage in the system works, it's burning out the 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 chips they're putting in their cartridges. Are they the ones that did the Super Double Dragon? I thought that one had issues on Super NES, or I could be mixing... I don't think they did that. Okay, I could be mixing stories up. Yeah, I mean, I know I know different companies had this problem, too. And I think the problem is, is, like, when you kind of try to go the cheap route for reproducing these cartridges, that that if they don't work exactly, and, like, they don't play nice with the voltage and things like that, like, that's where you can have issues. And said, like, I would really be into this release, but... I said I was just hearing, I think it was even today, today or yesterday, like somebody talking about them and the fact that they have had issues with previous games burning out if you played them for too long. Wow. Which are, is the complete opposite of like why you would buy them. Are you as amazed as me? I know this stuff is comprised of plastic and chips and all, you know. But are you as amazed as I am that companies like this, even if it's watered down or cheaper, are even able to manufacture or create shells and casings for stuff like Genesis cartridges or homebrew Neo Geo titles or Super Famicom carts? Are you? I, I mean, I'll, look, I'll, I'll take it one. I'll take it one step further. Um, high spec, high spec Genesis. Um, there's this guy, and I talked to him just a little bit, and he, you can't currently order any of his stuff right now because uh, it's all sold out, but. There, there's some guy, and this is not exactly legal, you know, but he does Genesis reproductions where he he found a way. He, originally, what originally what he was doing, like what what a lot of people kind of do, is they'll take 
donor cartridges. I like, think I know what you're going. I think I know where you're headed. With games this. That, games that aren't very popular. Games that are really cheap to get. They'll they'll take the chips off of those cartridges and put new chips on. And, and, so know. they're saving. They're salvaging. They're cleaning up the pl- old plastic shells and innards. I'm assuming like the guts. Like yes. let's just for sake of conversation, let's say there's an extra 500 copies of Tommy Lasorda baseball laying around. Mm-hmm. You're telling me they'll take those cleanly, get the label off, pull it apart, save what they can, and then I don't even know if it would be an EEPROM reader or how they do it. The data dumped on there will be the new content. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. And and so the, if you if you go online and you look at reproductions, there's like. Especially with Genesis, I've seen a whole lot of these, and there's a lot of different people doing them. Everything from just a kind of cartridge to a bigger thing, like this this high spec guy. He he makes not only the cart reproduction cartridge, and at this at this point, he's actually found a way to make his own new cartridges. But he's making the cartridges, he's making the full booklets, what and he's the making hell? the entire case. Wow! And to give you an example, so not only does he sell Glaylancer. His own his own release of that, he has, uh, and and for a lot of these like there'll be the the English translations of the games. He has Alien Soldier, Monster World Four, Mega Man: The Wily Wars, Golden Axe Three, Bare Knuckle Three, Pulse Man, Musha, um, Rent a Hero, Yu Yu Hakusho, Sio Blade, and other games. And and he is selling a complete like if you buy it, it is a reproduction it's not the original but it looks like a complete retail release like that's how crazy like he's like the work he's put into these things a couple things with all of those names you just mentioned real real quick asides i don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show before but have we ever spent any time on alien soldier on the i don't think we have I got it. I mean, I don't have a ton to say about it. Look, for what it is, technically, that's one of the, or the, probably the last. Um, oh God, this is embarrassing. It's late at night. This is my excuse. Uh, the company that um, Treasure. No, oh, thank God. So that's like the last Treasure game on uh, Genesis, I believe. And it's a technical marvel. It's it. You know, it kind of gets into their, you know, their continuous boss battle after boss battle. And um, uh, it, it's amazing from that perspective. I have it on the the PS2, Sega Ages, physical disc. Mm-hmm. I have it downloaded. Uh, you know, I never played it originally when it came out, but you know, I have some. I, I think those were handled by M2 as well. On a, another note. Yeah, yeah. Look, that game is goddamn impossible. <laughs> and now, now here's the thing. I spent an afternoon going through. Have you played it? Um, do barely. I'll tell you what's barely. amazing. Not me. I, not I am not amazing at that game. I think I maybe got to the second level. I watched so on those old Sega Ages discs. There was once again a lot of options, and some of those have include including the Gunstar Heroes on there. It's on the Treasure Box Collection. You can watch like a pro play of it. They have built into the disc. Mm. And I sat down one afternoon and watched someone go through Alien Soldier, and look, it was it was great to watch because I'm like I seen the whole game. No, look, I know you can go on YouTube now. YouTube did exist then, but I think it was in its infancy, and I didn't even think of it. But it, you know, so this is like direct feed footage, 
And it was just insane. And I'm glad I got to see it. And I like watching stuff like that. But upon watching it, I'm like, this this will never happen in my life. <laughs> it just will not happen ever. I mean, and you know, you watch some of that stuff and you're like, you know, this isn't so bad. Because the person playing it knows what knows what they're doing and they, they make it look easy. But I had to get that off my chest. So Alien Soldier is a technical, like a technical marvel for the Genesis hardware, and it's it's awesome to have. And I've had some fun with it in short bursts. But to actually go through that game and all of the bosses, it's it's just not to be believed. And then the other thing on the list, you oh, for no one's gonna want Gold Axe Three, so I don't know why he printed that. <laughs> Uh, Pulse Man is a cool one. I've played that on emulation, and the the thing on that is that is done by Game Freak, I believe. Yeah. The people yeah. behind Pokemon. And then I think there was one more thing I was going to say on that list, which is escaping me now. But uh, wait, wait, you, okay, okay, okay. So talking about games people don't want. Yeah. I've got to bring up um, uh, your friend of mine, Dave Halverson here. Oh, uh, yeah, real quick. the greatest game reviewer of all time. Have you ever played Ernest Evans? Yes. Uh, okay, the, re- yes. the, the reason I bring this yes. up uh, yep. is because, for anybody who doesn't know, game fan, uh, Dave Harrison was E-Storm. The E stands for Ernest. Because <laughs> he was big into, like, Keep going. Ernest Evans and Annette again and all those kind of those kind of wolf team stuff. Um, Ernest Evans is the weirdest damn game Be- I have ever yes. played in my entire life. Yeah, it's- I, I had not really played it, and I played it on mm-hmm. the, the analog. Mm-hmm. Like it's like an I anime can't... inspired Indiana Jones, but I know where this is headed because of the but rotational, the roto, the, the way ro- the yeah. character. Like, yes. I can't even explain yes. to you how weird this game is to yes. play, and who thought <laughs> that animation system for the character was a good idea <laughs> on any level. Uh, it is the most psychotic thing, like I think I've ever seen. And like, it's just, I it just dumbfounded me. I like, I don't know how anybody ever thought this was a good game and i don't know how dave ever thought to name his game fan self after that game we're gonna make this episode fun now instead of all this dry talk you've now sparked uh, things (laughs) so i can't give away my source so let's let's here's full disclosure so i've never worked in the game fan office i did work for the reboot of game fan for a couple months back in around 2010 but that that doesn't count so talking the original days so i wasn't there firsthand this is all secondhand knowledge and i can't give away my source and this isn't really a bad story but speaking of treasure speaking of dave halverson speaking of this era of gaming now you may remember this because you worked in that office so either this would have been right before your time or maybe you've forgotten or or... so at one time there was a dave had a cockatiel which are very friendly birds uh, did you know this, or did you know that there was? I I I met his dogs. Never met the bird. The dog was. Correct me if I'm wrong. The dog was um, Pugsley. Yes. Okay, that's a that's a different story. That's not where I'm headed. So, but he also had a cockatiel. Do you know what? According to my source, do you know what the name of the cockatiel was? <laughs> <laughs> do you, Do you know the answer to this? Game I, fan I don't, trivia. I don't. I don't. Hetty. Ah, uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and I told my source, I almost slipped and said the person's name. I said, you know, I said I get it. I like, okay, so it's obviously inspired. It's from Dynamite Hetty. Yeah. I said, you know, 
Dynamite Hetty as a full name isn't bad per se, but I said if you're going to pick between the two names to name the cockatiel, you should have named it Dynamite. <laughs> yes. But so he's like having Hetty, oh, like Hetty do this or Hetty do that. I mean, what an obscure, crazy, you know. I'm trying to think of some other stories that I can tell or ones that I remember, and I'm now I'll put myself on the spot. Well, hang on. I, yeah. I, so I sent you. I sent you a link. Yeah. Um, so everybody who wants to look along, it's it's genesisrepros.com. Okay, I'm going there. Um, I I just want you to look real quick and see the work this guy puts into these. Oh, it was only you know I may have seen this in the past. I'm not joking. I just. Haven't looked at this in quite some time. I will say for the time being, if you could get in on this, 35 bucks is, uh, that is really good. Let's see. Oh, wow. Okay, now I'm looking at all the other releases here. But I mean, like, if you look at, like, the booklet, yeah. like, he actually yeah. has shots of the booklets and, like, how mm-hmm. much, they're, like, full-color booklets, and, and this is, I mean, this is at least 15 pages long for this one. Um, I mean, I got to tell you, with all of that... I mean, how much could he be profiting at the end of the day? It can't be much with all the print jobs and manufacturing, or, you know, their hand, even the hand work of pulling the stuff apart and, uh, you know, redumping it or whatever the term is. Yeah. He can't be so making much. Like, I mean, I, you know, I said, I, again, I, I know the legality of this kind of stuff. Like, and, and most times I would not just support people putting a ROM onto a cartridge right. and selling it. But the fact is, like, the thing with this guy is this guy is putting all that work into making the complete package. And that's where, I'm, for myself, I'm like, you know what? And, and also in, in in having, like, high-quality cartridges that actually last. And it's like, that's the point where I feel okay giving this guy money. Because I, I know it is ROMs that he doesn't own and English translations he didn't do. But... It's all the work he's putting into the printing and and the cartridge making and stuff that like that's where I'm okay. Have you ordered from this guy before? No, okay. and I actually said I, I was talking to him because I was asking him like, are, are you going to make more okay. or okay. is this done done? And he's like, no, there's going to be more coming. Oh, it's wow. just that they're not not around yet. So. Wow. Taking a look here. Hmm. But. I'm looking yeah, to see. So, so, I'm looking to see if it says where he's from, but uh, and you know, I mean, and also like one of the things about reproductions, of course, one of the big concerns is, um, you know, are are they being used to trick people, right? Because there 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 is a problem. For example, he has Musha on here, you know, uh, and I I don't think. Let me see. I don't think. His cover. Oh, that was that you sparked my memory again. You mentioned Musha earlier, so I got something to say about yeah. that. So I remember renting Musha back in the day, and I really liked it. Never owned it. That is considered like one of the holy grails of uh, Sega Genesis shooters, and I'm not going to argue yeah. that it's not. It doesn't deserve praise. Now I'm only going off memory, and I'm going off rentals because I'm not talking about extensive play modern day. But would I be insane to say, or at least from my personal experience, I remember enjoying Robo Alest more on the Sega CD, which I believe yeah. is in the line of Musha series, except CD format. And uh, you with me on that, or you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's it's one of those things where like the most expensive games are not necessarily always the best games, mm-hmm. you know. Now, this is something that also sparks uh, rage in me to an extent that, you know, 
digitally, I do legally own Musha. And that was on the old Nintendo Wii shop, which I played on Wii U at the time. But as we all know, our friends at Nintendo never opened those gates back up to re-download on Switch. Yes. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Also, but, I'm just yeah, so, so, I mean, like, yeah, so, I mean, like, looking at, like, the, it's totally different cover and, and cartridge art than the original. So, there is always a concern of, like, you know, could this be passed off as, as a legit game and somebody pay hundreds of dollars for it? Um, you know, he doesn't make them look like the originals did, which helps, but... You know, some other reproductions will actually say reproduction on the, on the cartridge and on the case. I don't think his do, so there is always a little bit of that concern. But, you know, you just have to be somebody who, who pays attention. And I, I don't think we should say these shouldn't exist just because that possibility is there. Uh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because I got one more story to tell. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is nothing that's... Uh inappropriate or it, it would be kind of a personal story but it's not uh, it's not harmful per se i guess it would be kind of making fun of someone but so you want me to tell it from my source yeah so this isn't really even game related but this is this is another dave halverson tale and uh <laughs> according to my source and he told me this a while a while ago dave halverson now you you correct me if i'm wrong because you were there at the office and this is actually we're going to talk about eating habits <laughs> Hmm. Is it true that at least at one time Dave Halverson didn't I don't want to say didn't believe but didn't really eat vegetables or yeah he he really didn't eat vegetables or things from the earth per se due to it being dirty or coming from the dirt I have not heard this oh. so this is this <laughs> is new to me <laughs> and um he would eat stuff like you know, chicken, look, we're all human. I, you know, I've eaten like a pig and stuff, so I'm not. Look, I'm no, I'm no uh, Adonis, but you know, he, you know, he'd be the type. He, you know, sit there and eat four chicken breasts per se, <laughs> but he wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't really eat vegetables because not the argument because it was that you know it was, you know, it's so dirty and coming from the ground. But at the same time, he'd go out and get fast food per se or eat a burger. So this led into a discussion where I tried to be not neutral but i'm like okay i get the theory that yes i don't like dirt and coming from the dirt is a nasty theory but you also have to remember that that is of the earth and natural whereas stuff that is injected or man you know not man-made but you know like a chicken farm or the slaughterhouse uh, is a completely different world from the healthy natural of the earth plant-based Food. So anyway, th- th- there was another inside Dave Halverson tale. I think I've only seen him eat once, and that was when <laughs> we went to uh, Teppanyaki together. Oh, really? Like the the people in the play office. We all went to. Oh, like, so that yeah. was after the after the game fan days. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is play days. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's the only time I can say I've I've actually seen Dave Halverson eat food. So. And uh, the the source of mine also loves. Yet uh, the person hasn't done it lately, but uh, the person loves digging up that shot on Google. That shot, <laughs> do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, the, with I the know. socks. Yeah. 
Dave, if 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 you were out there, Dave, and and you listen to this, like, let people know you're still alive. Yeah, it's GameFan. Nobody knows where you are and what you're doing. GameFanMag.com is gone. I wish GameFan.com would open up so Molly and I could snatch the URL. But GameFanMag is like, I don't want to. I don't want to sound dumb. Like you go there and get a virus, but it's like one of those things where that page is like completely gone. And uh, I only know this from the final issues of the modern day incarnation of Game Fan. And when I say modern day, it's been gone at least a couple years now. Uh, I dare say those were getting shipped to me from Arizona. So he's no longer in California. It's been a while. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's the one thing I do know is he's in yeah. Arizona. Yeah. I, but I don't know what he's doing yeah. or anything. And uh, I'm trying to, the last one here, I don't know if this is a relevant, uh, oh, everybody knows this. This is like, you know, this is like me telling people the sky is blue and water is wet. But, uh, you know, countless times that, so my, not my complaint, because now it's a memory and I I look back on it. I don't know if I would say fondly, but, you know, when I was younger and an avid reader of that magazine, I'd be going to the supermarket. And I know it sounds weird to say supermarket because magazines were everywhere. I'd be going to the supermarket every day waiting for the latest issue of Game Fan. I would be waiting for when the person would be coming out with the rack on the dolly of magazines looking for the latest issue because th- that's how it was. And it was that was the best, that was the best, especially for hardcores, that was the best magazine. And we, we've talked about it many times before. I'd be going to the store before school because I didn't drive. I was younger. I'd be bothering my parents before school. I tell them, hey, and they were, you know, I go, hey, if you go to the store and see this magazine, this is the last cover I got. If you see it, pick it up. I'd be doing this bullshit every day. And I told my source, I said, man, I wish I knew you guys back in the day, even if only so I could keep in contact. And I can't tell you how much time I wasted waiting for the latest issue and you know obviously there was the passion there but what would happen every most every time was and you know where this is headed nobody would do any of the work for three quarters of the month the last week or the quote deadline would come everyone would play crash try to get it done and then one of not this wasn't the only guilty party but the the person who was also notorious for delaying it and wait until last moment was mr dave halverson himself (laughs) <laughs> so I can't tell you how and I, if there's fans out there please let us know on Twitter or comment I mean I couldn't have been the only one bothering the magazine delivery people and going to the goddamn store every day waiting for the latest issue but I will tell you when that latest issue hit it was exciting you know yeah I mean I like for me like it was it was getting them the mail you know like I I I, I subscribed to EGM I think I subscribed to Game Fan, and then ma- I think I got a free subscription to Game Pro from Toys R Us at some point, <laughs> and then I might have subscribed to v- VG and CE. But so like, it's it's so funny because just those days are gone now. But I know like the, I... the the day of you know because we have the internet, and so it's just all instantaneous, and we have news every single day. But having that. Once a month, that that magazine show up and just all those pages of new gaming goodness that you got to just take in all at once. It was, it was great. I missed, I missed that, I missed that era of of you know that excitement of of not knowing. 
I do like getting, I do subscribe to Retro Gamer Mag out of the UK. I've talked about them many times in the past on the show, and I usually just go to my local Barnes & Noble. Uh, yes, there's still a Barnes & Noble in business by me. Uh, and I decided to pull the trigger and subscribe to them out of the UK because their prices came down. So I pay quarterly. And uh, I've been subscribing now for about a year. So, you know, I get some excitement. You know, it's never going to be the same no matter what it is, because unless it's a bag of money coming to me in the mailbox every month. I'm not going to get excited like I used to. So that co- that in part comes with just being an adult. Like, like even if Game Fan came back, you know, it wouldn't quite be a hundred percent of the same excitement that it was. It would still be very exciting. But uh, you know, I do enjoy getting that in the mail each month. There, I do look forward to. It, but you know, I'm I'm not counting the days. I don't I don't that that feeling is gone. But as much as I love that magazine and I pick up Edge every now and then. Yeah, the days of that feeling, that excitement. I mean, we couldn't have started, and this isn't a knock on uh, Molly because I like some of the uh, 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 battle royale games. But you know, we couldn't have started off on more of a sour, more complex note of the way gaming works right now in the mainstream versus you know the happier times of. Uh, goddamn, you know, couldn't wait to see those two or three high-res screenshots or dreaming about that game every day, going to sleep every night thinking about how that game's gonna play. Uh, stuff like Ernest Evans and, uh, you know, it's, it's not the same, but yeah, for those out there with, uh, we don't suggest doing anything illegal, but if you get a crack at, uh, Ernest Evans, you know, now wasn't there a sequel, which I well, there th- was, I was well, better. I mean, I mean, Ernest Evans was in the Annette. Yeah. Yeah. Mythos. Yeah, so there was, there was Annette, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, El Viento and then there was Annette again. Yeah. Yeah, so they're all kind of the... It's all renovation, the a wolf team. Were, wolf team, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, renovation was yeah. kind of the, the Western name for bringing wolf team stuff. Yeah. Right wow. So, okay, I've got a question here, yep. uh, Anthony. So I know we have the topics, uh, yep. but we are running a little bit over. We're but at 90 we minutes. Do have a f- we do have a few emails. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's end on that. We so got, we can... So we want to do a few... Now, these aren't necessarily new. Uh, one is from December and one's from March. Okay, so, that's fine. That's so. still... Tw- oh, Almost 2019. Yeah. That's fine. But, but, you know, like, since we haven't had a chance to it's do totally this It's totally fine. I don't, who the hell is writing so, to us these days? Posty? Yeah, so, so we'll do uh, we'll do a couple quick emails, yeah. and then we'll get some of the topics, because there's a big rant I have, but I'm going to say oh, okay. next time. Oh, okay. So I'll let the hatred in me fester. And it's on the uh, um, the wall of stuff behind YouTubers. Are we talking about on the same page? Yes, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know we talked about this, but... We didn't really give any names, and it's funny that this I, – I had not looked at this email until literally right now. Uh, but this is from Aaron. I won't say his last name just in case he doesn't want it said. But uh, hello again. A more meaty topic I thought you both could unpack. Further to your conversation regarding the decidedly underwhelming PS Mini, can you individually or as a team oh my God. build a Genesis Mini – that will obliterate the aforementioned. Oh, talk about timely. I know Sega's working on one, but if you could make your own, what would your top 20 be? Alternately, if you did an SNK Neo Geo Mini, what would that look like? By the way, I have to say, have you seen, Anthony, you know, the, the Neo Mini, right? Yes. Have you seen that SNK is actually releasing a base to put under it to make it look more like an arcade machine? What? Like for twenty bucks is a little plastic base that you put it on. There. I don't know how I missed this. I have not seen that. Yeah. So, uh, this, so uh, this is Aaron's list in no preferential order. He would have Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic Pinball, 
Streets of Rage 2, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Golden Axe, Echo the Dolphin, Virtual Fighter 2, Shining Force 2, Fantasy Star 2 and 4, Tojam and Earl, Super Street Fighter 2, Disney's Aladdin, Castlevania Bloodlines, Castle Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, Gunster Heroes, NHL 94, and he says, yes, I am Canadian. Oh. Mortal Kombat 2 and Comic Zone. Now, so he's actually gotten a decent yeah. number of games he's wanted. Uh, so can't wait. And no, we'll listen to in Canada. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait to hear what y'all have to say. All the best and have a Merry Christmas, which is a little bit. All right, go Calgary, go Winnipeg. I don't know where you're, uh, he's from. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Hart Family Dungeon. So, uh, all right. So, okay. So, I, I don't know that we'll make a full list, but but name like two or three games. Like, like what would be. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, like, I don't want like safe bets. Like, what would be to you the most exciting, like, two or three games? that the American Genesis Mini could have on it oh, for you. Uh, well, let's start with this. I'm going to talk about a game that I didn't own at the time, but I would put on there more for Hardcore Factor, and it's a good game and never owned at the time. But So let, uh, I'll say Hardcore. We'll start with that, the Konami, you know, the Contra shooter. Mm-hmm. Now, for myself, for my own nostalgia, because this is a game I did play a lot, and uh, I can't tell you the amount of swear words and expletives that came out of my mouth playing this game, but God, I played this game so much. Uh, Gaiares. Ah, I I love that game. I love it. I uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the last time I owned it and played it, I was around t- maybe thirteen when I sold my Sega CD Genesis combo for money at the time to move and uh, to get a junk war. I, I won't get into that. But I remember playing that game a lot, and I dare say I got to level six or the level six boss. And I think the game had seven stages. And you know, it bothered me so much to this to present day that a couple years ago, because I'm like, you know what, the power of YouTube, I actually watched the end of that game be played because it had bothered me so much that I had never completed that game. <laughs> But uh, Gaiaras I liked. Uh, I love the soundtrack on that game. With all of the vinyl kick and vinyl records I've bought in recent years, I would love to get a vinyl set of the Gaiara soundtrack. On a, on a, another note, I did get in, and I'll brag a little, Not uh, I got in on the limited edition uh, Thunder Force 4 soundtrack from Data Discs mm. this past week. I got up at 5 in the goddamn morning <laughs> to get that with a special code that was sent to me to beat other people before it went out at 11 or a.m., whatever the hell it was. So anyway, hardcore, to put it on there, we've already talked about Bloodline, so I won't say it again. Gaiaris would be a personal one. Um, trying to think what I... I'm trying to think of something else I played a lot that I did. Like, there's a lot of stuff I can remember I played, but is not worthy of being on there. I do think Gaiaras is worthy of that. Um, I'll just I'll start naming a few off the top of my head so there's not dead air. Like, for example, while not a Genesis exclusive and it was missing some stuff from the Amiga version, um, I remember playing Sword of Sodan. Uh, I used to ah. I used to I used to play a lot of Psygnosis stuff. I I believe I'm going through Fatal Rewind, Shadow of the Beast, uh, Adventures of Young Galahad. Um, oh, 
Elijah's Dragoon I may put on there. That may be my other one because Stra- Alicia Dragoon. Yeah, yeah that's I'd actually like like I hadn't played much of that, and I went. I've been going through it on the the analog, and that's a really neat game. Yeah, uh, I st- I still remember how I got that, and I wanted to be. I got it from a old used comic and card shop years ago, and where you could tra- they had a small section of games up front, and you could you know buy them, trade them back for credit, buy again. So I. That may be my other one because that's one that doesn't get mentioned a lot, and I thought it was a very good game. And as I know, you know this, but that would have been a Strider ripoff or clone with a female lead, and it was very good. It was very good. So I'd say Dragoon, Hardcore, Gaiares. So, like, I think for me, the interesting part would be getting a few games from Japan that we never got before and i think the, the question is is like are they going to put would they put the work into translating these and and so that's that's kind of the sticking point to this but uh one game i already mentioned was battle mania 2 that's that's to me one of the biggest games i wish would have come over so i would absolutely no possible way sega would put that on there but like i would love love to see battle mania to get a, a western release that way since i don't know that it's going to get a release over here any other way um i think one that could actually be possible and would be really really neat is for them to put monster world 4 on there oh you know, i, I think that's going to happen uh, it's going to happen so? yeah and I t- I, this is my theory i told you privately so fans haven't heard this i'm going to tell you why i'm so confident in that and now i'm going to jinx it now not to discredit them too because they do the finest emulation work my theory is that if you go back to the 360 PS3 era and even a little bit of 3DS, if you want to pick and choose some, there's going to be 40 games on there. There's definitely mm-hmm. going to be some unique offerings, once again, like Castlevania Bloodlines. And for those playing the drinking game at home, how many times we say Bloodlines this episode, <laughs> you will be wasted by now. But that is a unique offering that hasn't been done by them. So there will be unique from the ground up content from M2. But I say pick about 10, 15, or maybe even 20, even 20 games that they've put out over the last 10 years, which are of the highest quality. This may be taking up a lot of slots. I think you're going to see all three Streets of Rage. It's three right there. I think you're going to see... At the very least, if they don't waste all three slots on the Monster Boy series, I'm going to say you see at the very least four and maybe the one right before it. What is it? Wonder Boy and Monster uh, World? Yeah, which is a really good game. So I think those are going to be two shots right there. Because look at the other ones. You got Toe Jam and Earl that came out previously. They announced Echo. That was done on 3DS. It might have been done on the other ones. I don't remember, but they did 3DS. They did... um, What are some of the other ones on there? They did... uh, I know we just listed them like five. Altered Beast. I know you're not crazy about it, but they did that on 3DS. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. They did Alter. So anyway, pretty much all the ones with the exception of Bloodlines and a couple others, those of all technically, M2 has done that work. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy peasy, just slap the data onto that board, but you figure they've done, they've they've worked with those titles in and out. So not to cut you off, I think Monster World 4, let me put it to you this way. If it's not on there, I'm going to be shocked. Because the work is done. I mean, I hope you're right. I, I hope you're right. Like, I hope that that is on there. You know, um, like one one that I mean, like one of my absolute top picks, which gets weird because of 
one of the other announcements that came out when the Genesis Mini announcement came out would be Herzog's Vi. Oh, I I still don't know how that wasn't done on the 3DS. What's so What's so weird is that we are now getting that on Switch, which what? I complete as part of Sega Ages. I did not see that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's one of the Sega Ages games that's been announced, which I never in a million years would have expected that, but. I now wonder if that would get in the way of us getting the Genesis version on on the the Genesis Mini, but like I think that's one of those games that to me would have to have to be on there. Um, I think that Target Earth would be one of my games. Like that's one of those that's one of those kind of Genesis games that I will always remember and always think of, and and it's. That goes into the, the discussion that we were talking about, maybe having about like difficult games. It's a very, mm, very difficult mm, game. Mm-hmm. So I think it might be too unfriendly, but I'm curious if that might actually make it onto the, the Mega Drive Mini or not. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say no on the US one if there's any sort of chance of that. And I don't know why I'm saying I'm going to say maybe the Japanese one, but. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I, I think the Japanese one. There's a slim huh. chance. I think there's probably none on the the Western version. How about this? Um, uh, I'll keep going. I'm, I don't yeah. want to cut you off again. No, go ahead. How about this? A game that doesn't really pop up much. It was an early release. Um, I remember it visually and playing it a bit. We haven't seen Mystic Defender in a long time. I, I that's interesting, and I actually I I that's one of the cartridges I still own. And that would be interesting too, because if you do get all regions, that would mean Westerners would be able, be able to pay, play the the unedited Japanese version. I yeah, I, I only learned some of that recently. I do legit remember it from that you know from when it came out and and all that kind of stuff. But I think I read something on that recently, and I didn't even realize it is based off an anime, correct? Or a manga? It might it's be. Got, yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know which one it yeah. is. But is it is it like Peacock King or something? Yeah, like something. That? Yeah, but the game wasn't I bad, right? Remember. I mean, I'm going back what 25. I don't know, got no, 30 it years. No, it was good. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. a bad game. I mean, I don't know if it's great, but it was yeah. a good game. But that gets interesting too. Is in like, okay, so would we would we get Last Battle and would we actually oh, have God. Griffiths well, in the North Star so, version? So I got a lot of memories of that. I, I was so the sprites and stuff. But I got to be honest with you, even if it's uncut, I have to tell you, I, I got to say no to that one. No, I mean, no, I wouldn't put it on. Oh, there. I'm oh, saying oh. like. It would be interesting if it was because would that mean we'd finally get the like? You know, it's funny. The North Star version. I was going to say you'd probably see it in Japan first, but then again, I don't know because you figure even though it's Japanese made and it would be Fist of the North Star, there may be some minor royalties there for the license. You might actually have a better shot of it here because it's not a just yeah, just because it's just yeah, yeah. What about how about this one? Not that I would. Nobody needs this because we don't need to hate ourselves more. What about the Genesis version of Ghouls and Ghosts? I mean, something like that. Like, I mean, that, that, that to me is expected. Like, I, I think there's no way we don't get Ghouls and Ghosts on there. And, and like, I guess I don't know about the royalties, but, um, or the, the rights and stuff, but I mean, like, Castle of Illusion would be a no duh to me. Mm. You know, there, there's like Land Soccer to me is a no duh. So there are certain games where, like, I think Ghouls and Ghosts, that is a completely safe bet, I think. No, I don't want to... I, I, yeah, so you... I don't think you, we... Did, I don't, so so I don't far, think you picked Monster World 4. And uh, Target Earth. Target Earth. 
uh, Battle Mania. Oh, okay. And then I think the, the last two I would say is, um, I don't think we'd ever get it, but I love Romance of the Three Kingdoms 2 on Genesis. Like, I love that version. So I'd love to see... That's a, a game, though, where I think I could actually see it happening on the Japanese side, but I don't think it would happen on our side, unfortunately. But I'd love to see that. And then I don't know that it would be popular enough to do, but I really like Rolling Thunder 2. Uh, that is, you know what's funny? Isn't there a Rolling Thunder 3 on there as well that we never got? There is No, I think we did get that. I think we got that one too. But you like 2 the best? Yeah, I prefer I'm, 2. I'm not questioning you. I'm, the reason I'm saying this is I have, I have my memories of that game the most was the original in arcades. With that being said, I had no idea. I don't know how, but I had no idea those other ones came to Genesis. And I, I for some reason, in the last couple of years on Twitch, I saw someone, I think, playing Rolling Thunder 3 on Genesis. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow. I was like, I'm like, I said to myself, if I knew that game was around at that time or like, like, I know I would have like, who I am now, I would have bought that game. I was like, re- actually, I was like really impressed at how that game looked on Genesis. Well, to me, you know what you know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like Elevator Action too. Couldn't where okay. Like when, when the when the first game like, I you don't necessarily give know a that it exists about. I understand that's right. the template right. in terms of how you know the design of the game, but that second one is so cool, and I got to experience it on the Title Classics Collection on PS2. And that do do you have that set? I don't like. I, I always, this, I always should have gotten it, but I didn't get it. That's how I got to play it, and I remember like of the twenty games in there. There's a couple like the best games on there. I will tell you from memory were Darius Gaiden, G Darius, and but the game, but I already like had that stuff. But the one I remember like playing on that disc the most because I had never had it and wanted to play it was that game. I'm really surprised we never got that again digitally on something else. Well, it's it's one of those like Saturn games that got stuck on Saturn. I think. I think it was only Saturn, was it, or was it not? Well, with the exception of that, that yeah, th- yeah maybe it was arcade because if it hit that, maybe it was just arcade and Saturn. What was it? Because there's no way they would have taken the time to do the Saturn version on that disc. Yeah, no, I mean that. that yeah, you're 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 right. So I'm trying to think of like it was okay. You're yeah, it was arcade. That's what it was. It was also on Windows and Xbox, so I guess the the, the collection. Oh, okay. So. I was gonna say, holy shit. Yeah. So so it was an arcade game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really awesome game. Yeah. And what was the other, uh, so it was the Ge- Dream Genesis, oh, Dream Neo Geo? Yeah, I mean, Neo Geo, like, I think, I mean, we've, we've talked about the Neo Geo yeah. Mini, yeah. but, I mean, it's, like, that's one of those ones for me where it's same games all the time. Yeah. It's, it's Sam Show 2, KOF 98, uh, uh, oh, God, what's, what's the game I like, the shooter game, top down. Oh, uh, Shock Troopers. Sucks, Shock Troopers. Um, Last Blade Two, and then the the usuals. Um, like uh, Neo Turf Masters, League Bowling, Nam Seventy Five. You know, what I mean, like yeah. I, I think. I, I mean, I think the the mini the Neo Geo Mini wasn't too far off. It just needed a few. I, if I rapid fire five without thinking too hard, and I'll regret saying this later. I'd probably do super quick. Uh, Sam Show Two, RBS, Cough Ninety Six. Uh, the original Metal Slug, uh, and for sake of hardcoreness, even though it, it's probably it's not the most friendly, I'm a Polestar. 
All-Star. Yeah. Bases loaded 2020. Or Base All-Star is 2020. No, Bases loaded. No, Base All-Star is 2020. Getting my... Base, Super Baseball 2020. <clears throat> Super Baseball 2020. One of us will get it. Yes, I'm getting my baseball series <laughs> mixed up. Um, okay, so other email we have is from Keith. Holy moly. Well, where, does Keith it say said, where Keith's from, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It does not. Uh, it's, it says, or I'm sorry, I should say KR maybe. So he, he, he signed it KR, but I didn't read that. Okay. That's enough. But is it Keith? Um, hmm? It's Keith though? Well, th- th- that's what his email says, but his, okay. his, sig- his oh, says okay, the bottom that's fine. KR. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. KR. We'll, we'll say KR. Uh, it says, hi, Molly and Anthony. Glad to see you're back. Enjoy the show and audio quality was very good. Uh, enjoying recent single player focused games, but noted how many games mentioned were from internal studios at multi-billion dollar companies. First parties can also take more chances as they do not pay royalties, selling hardware and subscriptions. Tellingly, uh, Ninja Theory, In In Exile, and Obsidian all uh, choose to become part of Microsoft than, uh, all, all chose to become part of Microsoft than keep going it alone, suggesting the majority of single player developers continue to struggle. Even if very talented, uh, as in Platinum Games, they find it very difficult to follow through without rice ownership. Development can be canceled. Bayonetta 2 before Nintendo's intervened. Never come to pass. Rising 2. Or development moves in-house. Grand Blue Fantasy, Relink, and possibly any near Automata successor. The transformation of From Software this past decade is extraordinary. Sekiro being a world away from a back catalog full of good ideas but lacking execution, but so were its circumstances. First party contact on Demon Souls, trouble development, all but writing off by all but written off by Sony before it came as sleeper hit. Credit them making the most of this opportunity, following up with Dark Souls. Um, I said Demon Souls before, sorry, Demon Souls was the first one. Uh, following up with Dark Souls and the rest is history. But apart from the quality of the game itself, Dark Souls shows how vital it was they had long been able to develop and self-publish, meaning they could release a spiritual follow-up without Sony. Even if only able to do so in Japan, they signed an international publishing deal with Bandai Namco Games near the beginning of development. Also, I believe the public betas for Neo and recently Demon X Machina Sure, we all put potential and would like to know what you make of them. Admittedly, from internal developers at larger companies, in both instances, developers have an overall creative vision. We want gamer feedback on how best to refine and balance gameplay mechanics. Along with improving games, it has also had the advantage of raising awareness about them. It is notable how single-player games that either incorporate elements of multiplayer into the gameplay or the development process are more likely to buck the trend. Hopefully more Japanese companies adopt these approaches or think of new ways to break out and succeed. Even if they don't sell especially well, I want more to keep trying. Credit to Akira Arika retaining the rights for its original characters from Capcom, mm. despite its appearing in Street Fighter EX 1 through 3, meaning it could develop fighting EX layer in between contract work like Tetris 99. Uh, apologies for the long email, but I'm interested to hear both your thoughts on which Japanese developers outside the majors you'd both want to become the next from. Apart from Platinum Games, my other choice would be CyberConnect 2, with three original games in development after being dropped by Square Enix from the 
of F7 Remake, especially looking forward to finding out more about Fuge? Fugu? How do you spell on the it? Battlef- F-U-G-U-E. Fuge on the battlefield set in Little Tail Brock's universe. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Oh, thank so, well, thank you, Keith. You thank know, you for the kind words. Let's start with that. Yeah, that's like this is a tough question yeah, because there's it's, a lot to it's, digest. It's, there's a lot to digest, but it's also like it's getting harder and harder, which is this kind of is going into. It's getting harder and harder for there to be these kind of like independent studios that can do stuff on that level. Like if you look at Japan and look at like the, the independent studios that are still around. It feels more and more like they're kind of being left behind and, and you know, not, I mean, if you look at like a, 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 a Gust, for example, you know, um, I don't know if they're completely independent or not, but I just feel like so many of these kind of Japanese studios are, you can tell that they can't compete anymore. And so either... They're just doing straight up contract work and they would never have the chance to do that kind of breakout game. Or they they don't have the technology, the the resources, the budget to do something like that. I mean, because if you look at From, right? Like if you look at Demon Souls, like it's kind of hard to to think about this now, but like Demon Souls was this kind of jank little game that that was really not on the kind of level of quality we would think of from them now, looking at like a Sekiro or a Bloodborne or stuff like that. You know, so it was just the fact that like that gameplay was so interesting and so good and so different that it it kind of caught on. But even then, like that was still a really, really rough game in a lot of ways. So I know this isn't the question, but since we're talking about From Software, I'm just going to give you my personal memories of From Software. Um, while I never owned them or played them, I became familiar with them through Game Fan Magazine because of all the Kingsfield titles and the running gag that another week must have gone by and there's another Kingsfield. Now, th- the reason I bring this up is because the look like, okay, when... Demon Souls came out. I may have been talking to Neil. I may have, and then he may have looked it up. And I, I swear to you, I said, I said, boy, just looking at the color palette and stuff. I said, God, I said, this reminds me of like Kingsfield. Mm-hmm. And it was from software. Now, with that out of the way, aside from that, my first personal experience with with from where I was like, wow, like. This is really cool, and this game looked awesome. Uh, Otogi. Mm. Otogi was the game on Xbox. So they, that company started, their first title came out in 94. So while I do recall their work, oh, and they did Armored Core. Now here's my problem with Armored Core. Not knocking the series, it's a different thing, but I never gave Armored Core a chance until the PlayStation Portable days, which is way into that series' life. Because when I saw Armored Core, I'm like, oh, this is not virtual lawn. So, well, and, I, and look, I'm comparing kind of apples and oranges, so I'm not like not, but that's how it was. Like, you kind of, you know, so, but once again, giving credit where credit is due, Atogi was the game that really, I was like, wow, this game looked great. Uh, the cut, like, it didn't look 
like their other titles, which had that kind of, I don't want to, like that limited color palette or that, you know, that uh, dark and dreary look. And um, in all fairness, I'm looking at their list now. I just brought it up. I'm kind of cheating a little bit. And then I would say, I do vaguely remember Ninja Blade. I didn't own it, but a buddy of mine bought it. And and then, you know, kind of got back into them when uh, when you actually started telling me about Dark Souls and how good it was. And that's when I started taking a look at them again. But in short, in conclusion, the game that sticks out to me most personally from them in their past was Atogi. But even then, like, I don't know, would you, I mean, you wouldn't say it was like this like kind of high level, uh, fantastic game, would you? No, because, I mean, I, 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 my I, other memory. I mean, so, but here's the thing, and I don't know if this is kind. Okay, no, but that was one that that was that Sega deal. Sega published it, but even if you go back to, and I know I know the gentleman in the email explained some of this with international rights and who published it in Japan versus here and picked it up here. But let's take Sekiro, their most recent offering, which I which I did pick up. Look, I don't know the ins and outs and all the innards and inner workings of how this works per se, but this is a business and everyone's in it to make money. I'm not saying there's no passion or whatever, but you got to keep in mind, even with Sekiro, that's, you got Activision there. Right. But, but I guess what I'm trying to say is whether it's Activision, Sega, Sony, with rare exception, correct me if I'm wrong, they, they're always, there's, got, there's been a big major name publisher in the mix more often than not. Is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think it's just a question of like how much does that then like because I mean if you look at like Demon Souls right I think Demon Souls in that case I don't think there was I don't know how much funding support they got from Sony versus like a, a Sekiro where I'm certain they got decent funding from Activision. Oh, for you know? a yeah. Now I'm looking here from uh, Demon Souls. Developed by From, published in Japan by Sony Computer Entertainment, North America, Atlas USA, PAL, Namco, Bandai. According to Wikipedia. Yeah. And we know the internet's never wrong. Yes. Yeah. So I guess, I guess it's like, I think, I think the problem that exists, you know, like, I think Platinum is, is, is a, a great studio. And I think that they can do a lot with only a little. But... I think once you got outside of them, like even something like a From Software, right, that we think so highly of now, like there's there's still, I mean, there's still you can you can still kind of see that they are still like this mid tier Japanese developer. I mean, they've definitely advanced their game, but even with like the the Dark Souls games, right, like there's there's still like there's a certain level where you're like this is not a a an Activision an EA an Ubisoft kind of game, right? They're, they're, you can you can feel kind oh, of the limits of what that team can Sure, do. their flavor, that who they are still comes through to, yeah. Right. If you look at like a CyberConnect 2, like they've done some great stuff, but there still feels like, it's it's like hard to, it's hard to explain it. It kind of feels bad to say it, but I, I feel like there's just, if you look at these companies that would be the kind of the cream of the crop on the Japanese side that are independent studios, it always feels like there's only a certain level they can get to. Whereas on the American side, I feel like the independent studios, there there's more of them that have more potential in them. 
because it's just like it's just it's it's felt for years and years and years and generations through generation that like Japanese side is like falling behind in terms of being able to handle hardware and game development the way the West can. Uh huh. And that that's that's a that's a sad thing to say, but like said so even up from software, like I think if you took away the big publisher support and they're back to kind of like what from was in the demon souls days like demon souls was still a pretty rough game as great as it was and and so it's just like i don't know like if you ask me like what independent developers really stand out you know at this point like if if you look at the great stuff coming out of japan it is like a capcom right right it is it is it is companies like as as Square Enix in certain terms, but even like a company like Square Enix, even they will produce games that feel still just like that they're stuck in the mid tier. Yeah, I got into a long conversation with a GameStop worker recently about Square Enix, and uh, boy, that's a tough nut to crack because Square has a lot of talent and. Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts, I believe, have sold well. Now, before people at home start screaming and throwing tomatoes at me, I'm not saying the games were great. I'm not saying those games were tens. But they sold. But up until that in recent years, they really have to thank the West and the Western companies they scooped up because there was such a lull and the quality of their products was so down that if not for like the Hitman and Tomb Raiders and things of that nature, I don't want to say they'd be in trouble, but they needed that to buy time. And w- concluding this, the Square Enix fans are like, they're like your Star Wars fans, or they're like, you know, your hardcore of the hardcore gaming fan, like they're like your pro wrestling, mainstream pro wrestling fans, where you'll hate, you'll watch Raw every week. Just so you can complain about it and hate it. But you still come back to watch it and they'll still get your WWE network money each month. It's kind of where Final Fantasy is at. I know this is a long diatribe going a long way, but yeah, Square is um, back to what you're saying. They are stuck. There's still some antiquated things that they do, but they're stuck in this weird in between where because they want to satisfy the f- their fans so much and their fans are so loyal they try to do what the fans want but at the same time they're not doing enough new or maybe fulfilling the vision they have because they're worried about those fans but at the same time the nostalgia and one's childhood is a bitch because you want to relive Final Fantasy VI again. You want that feeling of Final Fantasy VII. And there's certain games for me like that hit me a certain way, but I have news for everybody, and it's sad news. You're never going to get that feeling back. You're not going to be 13 again. You're not going to be 15 again. You're not going to be 18 again. You know, you can see, and I'm guilty of some of this too, so I'm not pointing the finger. You see it with... Our generation, like people in their upper, th- in your case, Molly, you're uh, 24. I'm gonna say, be careful. But, but you're, you're 20, so you, you're excluded from this conversation. But people of my age, approaching 40, uh, aka near death, people 30s, 40s, everybody's trying to recapture like 80s cartoons, 
16-bit gaming, 32-bit gaming, original PlayStation era. They want Final Fantasy, bringing this all the way back to Square Enix and their fans. That is a tough balancing act. And kind of to do a callback to our recent episode, a game recently that has found that sweet spot, which is so tough. Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. But back on what you're saying about Square and and being stuck in a different era, there's so many issues going on there. There's so many issues. But I don't think part of it too is like, I mean, if you think about what we've been talking about for a lot of this podcast, which is Genesis, mm-hmm. think back to that system, right? And you think about like, talked about, you know, Gyrez, uh Target Earth, talked about Clay Lancer. You have games that's off the top of my head like Insector X, right? <laughs> or 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 Whip Rush, yep. Arrow Flash. Mm-hmm. Like the thing is, is there used to be this 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 because of the cost of games and cost of development, you could have these five, six man teams producing games like that, and maybe they sell fifty thousand copies and you've made profit. Right. Right. And you can make something other crazy. Like, it's just getting harder and harder. And the, and the thing is, like, you know, he mentions uh, Arika and Fighting EX Layer. Yep. And I, I love that that came out. Which but, I did buy, by the way. So I've played it. I have experience. Keep going. But the question is getting more and more, like, how many of those can exist? And I remember yep. when I reviewed uh, Hellblade, I'm like, it's really awesome that we can still have these, these mid-tier games, right? But... It's getting harder and harder and harder to have those mid-tier games. Right. Like if you look at a, <clears throat> I mean, look, look at like Fallout seventy six that mm-hmm. came out mm-hmm. recently, right? And look at how in trouble that game is, and how how hard its launch was. And this is a game from a gigantic studio with hundreds of people working on it. You have this weird place where. You either have to be this gigantic game and have everything in it from the start, and you have to have all these different modes and all these different things and multiplayer and 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 battle passes and all that kind of stuff, or you have to be a small little indie game that is affordable to make and isn't going to break the bank if it doesn't if it doesn't hit. And there's just so many games out there now that like. Being between those two different sides, like that, that middle ground is so hard to live in now, and it's getting it's getting worrying, and like it, it's it's tough. That just is like it's like if you do look at a Hellblade, you you look at like how much effort Ninja Theory put into making that game as cheaply as possible mm-hmm. in order to make it work, you know. And thankfully, it did, but like. You've got games coming out where they can sell four million copies, and the studio's <laughs> like, "This, this is, this is, this is going to kill us because right. this wasn't enough." That's um, that's it's. I, I mean, I know this, but it's just. So I, I went through. Dev- this isn't going to be a rant on the game itself. I went through Devil May Cry five recently, and I watched the credits roll on that thing. And for I only had a couple <laughs> nitpicks in that game. So thumbs up, by the way. I'll get into it in a, another episode. Thumbs up. But I had a couple nitpicks, and I'm like, when I was done watching the credits, I felt so bad for having any nitpick in that game because I'm like, <laughs> who didn't work on this game? I saw teams from not Japan, UK, special thanks. 
I even saw, did you even see that, and I don't know what for, did you even see Sweary's name or Project Owls was even made it in there? I didn't see that. Yeah, I, I mean, Lord, there? I'm telling you, everybody on this planet was in on that game. So, uh, yeah, and back to your point, that's, you know, getting back to a Western AAA, I mean, yeah, like something like a Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. So that's why, like, it's it's hard for me to to sit here and list like those mid tier kind of independent Japanese studios because I just don't like which one of them are even able to do this. You know, yeah, like, I, I mean, like a platinum, even like a platinum, one of the 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 best companies, independent companies, in terms of just the quality mm-hmm. of their output. Like, I mean, look at how rough it life seems for them. You know, living from like contract project to contract project, like their their existence is not you know certain. So it's just like I I don't. They've had to I make chicken salad out of chicken shit. I'm being harsh a couple times. Look, even they had to do the cores, even they had to do the TMNT, the Transformers, all licensed stuff in between in between some of their unique original works. It's. You know the thing that's the thing in life is you got to get three meals on the table and you need a roof over your head and the bill. The one thing that doesn't stop, the one constant is bills. And at the end of the day, those are people. And you know, it's sometimes you got to sacrifice some of the vision and art for you know to to take some of that shit to uh, you know so then you can get back to doing some of the more unique stuff. You know, like the wonderful one hundred ones or you know or the bayonetas and things of that nature. But look at the battle. He mentioned Betty Bayonet in that letter. Look at the battle that's been to keep yeah, that. Yeah, which he mentioned. Yeah. To keep that series alive. You know? What is that? You're robbing Peter to pay Paul and making this deal and side deal and selling this. And and even like, I mean, like, from what I know, like, Banana 2 didn't like light the world on fire. I don't think so, so either. Like, that's uh, one of those kind of games where it's like. They're continuing it to give them their system street cred and not because it's game bringing money. Great way to put it. Great yeah, way which, to put which, it. Which is what you know Sony does, and that's that's the problem with this question, right? Is is like who becomes the next from? Is can anybody become the next from? You know, is I, I think it's tough because if if you try for something different to make yourself stand out and it fails like oh. that failure is so costly oh. at this point so you have to be a nintendo you have to be a sony you know a, a, a sony can release gravity rush and it doesn't sell great and they're okay with that you know i mean they'll, they'll kill the servers way before they're supposed to be killed but like they'll they'll be okay because it's just it's adding something different to the system that sells the system right but like independent studios like it's just it's so it's so dangerous to try anything really unique and different. But if you don't, you're kind of stuck in this like hell of just making the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, this this doesn't answer the question that sidesteps it. But um, so two things. Who's the next from? The cheap answer I've got, we don't know. We're not going to know until they step forward. And it's you know, I think it's going to be a name that we don't know. And secondly... Uh, the fix I've been getting for my nostalgia or classic Japanese style gaming, I do have a little digital list. I'm going off memory right now. So as you know, there was kind of a trend, in my opinion, in indie games in recent years, like a lot of 8-bit style stuff, which you know we're still seeing. But I feel like now there's kind of a switch to 16-bit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm licking my lips and getting ready to suck up a lot of these games before this, because this will too come to pass. And uh, while I haven't downloaded this yet, uh, for example, Switch, it's coming to PS4 soon, this Devil's Engine, which seems to take a lot of inspiration from Thunder Force. Uh, I recently picked up the 2012 release of Oniken. It was originally on PC and Mac, but it recently came to Switch. Uh, I was really enjoying that. A throw that one is more of a, a little bit more of an eight bit look, but that's a throwback to like old school Ninja Gaiden uh, and Strider. Uh, coming up in the near future, I know it's on Steam now. We've got um, Devil's Tilt, which is a spiritual successor to the yep. Crush series, um, yep. and then. Um, I'm also still waiting. It's got to be soon. I've heard it's going through uh, the final processes for like approval. Shakedown Hawaii. Yeah. So, I mean, that's in short, that's where I'm getting my nostalgia slash Japanese influenced fix of that classic era of gaming. But for who's next and next from and whatnot, that's, uh, I don't think we, I don't think we know who they are yet because they're not here yet. tough it's sad it's sad because i mean like it's funny because back in morning huge podcast we did a a show where one of the main topics was like all these japanese developers from the 16-bit era that are just gone (laughs) like again back to the genesis you look at like those cartridges like and you see like all these names where it's like these companies are all gone you know and and i just think it's it's just it's so scary now that any day you know companies we love could go away. Oh yeah. If they just, absolutely. If they just don't find that contract work that like, you know, cyber connect is going to just keep making those Naruto games over and over and right. over again. Right. Right. Well, I, uh, you want to, you want to end it there for, uh, this episode of yeah. generic video game an hour, podcast. An hour over. So I think that works. So I think fans will be happy. Want to thank fans for the kind words. I love the letters. Uh, if possible, let us know where you're writing from. I always enjoy knowing, uh, different parts of the world, uh, that get us and listen to us. So now I know we've got us, Canada, Europe, and I'm interested to hear where you're listening from. Uh, once again, And hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's not quite time for GVGP episode 37. This is one of those times where Molly and I are sitting down shortly after our GVGP 36 recording. And in the last 48 hours or so, there's been uh, more meaty video game news that's come to light. Everything from the PlayStation 5, some tech specs reveal, Capcom's arcade dual stick reveal, more Genesis mini games announced, uh, as well as some other tidbits we're going to try and jump into in a 30 to 45 minute flash addendum. So, uh, yeah, so this is just a little addendum. Uh, the rest of the Castlevania games have been announced for the collection come in middle of May. PS5 details, uh, 10 more Genesis mini titles, the Capcom uh, mutation stick. Uh, So we're going to try and cram that in here in another 30 post minutes here. Hope everyone's been doing well, and uh, thank you for being patient with us. And we're doing this just as I'm getting pissed off at Kotaku for their stupid Persona lyrics story. I thought of adding some notes and talking about it, but I'm like, Jesus, it'll be a full-blown episode again. Plus, I didn't know, uh, and it was so stupid. Look, everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. We both know what it's like to, you know 
do journalistic type work, but I read some excerpts on it, and I'm just like, are, you know, are we now? We're just looking for stuff to to complain about or to get up in arms about and quick make an article and beat everyone else to it because that's that's the internet. That's how news travels. You you know, everyone wants to be the first. Think they've uh, you know come up with something, and it's it's ridiculous. But I mean, again, I mean, like, not to get into it, but it's just like do. A little bit of legwork on something like this. If you're gonna make an accusation like that, then then don't just go. Well, I listened to this song, and these song lyrics sound like that to me. Like, you know, I mean, talk about all the, for example, and even just like spoken things in video games, right? Like, how many classic fighting game phrases are there that people have heard completely? Oh, completely absolutely. Wrong? You know, when when my Shiranui's Nipponichi becomes you know me bouncy and stuff like that. It's like. And and as people people get lyrics, like that is a a just thing that has been known forever. Like don't don't just write a story when you haven't contacted the company, or I'm sorry, when you haven't waited for an answer for the company from the company, when you haven't found any solid proof, and when you don't appreciate the fact that the person singing that song is not a native English speaker, and that you have to take pronunciation into account. But anyway. Yeah. It's it's just like the the, the story. If you if people know what it is, uh, it's breaking like right as we're recording this, and I'm just I got really pissed off about it. Yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous. Well, let's do. But anyway, well, let's do this. We'll jump right in here. We'll start with uh, PlayStation Five. My source on a lot of these, uh, I printed out articles from uh, Silicon Era, uh, so I'll get that out of the way. And the first one here is, uh, this was announced 48 hours ago, out of nowhere. This would have been... Um, out of nowhere. Yeah, this would, this is much akin to uh, Apex Legends with a stealth launch of sorts. So, PS5's first details from Sony with PlayStation 4 backwards compatibility, ray tracing, and a solid state drive. Sony Interactive Entertainment's lead architect, Mark Cerny, spoke with Wired... In an interview to share the very first details on the company's next-gen console that's yet to be revealed. Uh, don't worry, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go over every nook and cranny on this. I'm going to blast through some of this and then uh, uh, let Molly jump in. So below are some highlights from the interview on the new console, dubbed the PlayStation 5. Uh, Cerny, quote, the key question is whether the console adds another layer to the sorts of experiences you already have access to or if it allows for fundamental changes in what a game can be. According to Cerny, the next-gen console will not release in 2019. However, a number of studios have been working on it, and Sony recently accelerated its deployment of dev kits. Sony's next-gen console will have an AMD chip based on the third generation of AMD's Ryzen line with eight cores of the company's new 7-nanometer Zen 2 microarchitecture. As for the GPU, it's a custom variant of Radeon's Navi family. It'll support ray tracing, a technique that models the travel of light to stimulate complex interactions in 3D environments. The immediate effects of ray tracing mostly goes into the visual side of things as it mimics the way light bounces from objects. Da, 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 da. Cerny on ray tracing, if you wanted to run tests to see if the player can hear certain audio sources or if the enemies can hear the player's footsteps, ray tracing is useful for that. Moving along. Um, AMD's custom uh, chips custom unit for 3D audio is uh, so they do want to improve audio once again audio hasn't changed much between PS3 and PS4 uh, where I'm scared is with all my uh, hundreds of dollars worth of headsets amongst my platforms I'm, I'm very frightened and having to do it again that's not a joke mm-hmm. um, 
this was a positive note. Um, when asked about next-gen PSVR to go along with PS5, Cerny says VR is very important to the company, and the current PlayStation virtual reality headset is compatible with the new console, but didn't share more on that. Uh, the hard drive uh, he considers the key to next-gen to... Uh, demonstrate the decreased loading time of Sony's next-gen console. Here's an interesting example. Cerny compared the loading time of the 2018 PS4 title Spider-Man running on the PS4 Pro, which took about 15 seconds for Spidey to fast travel when doing the same thing on a next-gen dev kit at an early, quote, low-speed version connected to a different TV. It only took 0.8 seconds. Um, more Spider-Man stuff during its demo. Cerny paused the action or proved that the surrounding environment remained crisp. While the demo was used with the 4K TV, the next-gen console will support 8K graphics. Um, I, I personally, I still haven't even made the jump to 4K yet, so I don't know. I know, I, just, I, just I, I'm, look. Yeah, just stop with that. Come on. Just, it's, uh, to me, that's just a number to throw yeah. out there. You know, it's like, whatever, who cares? Uh, Sony wouldn't share details about the solid state drive, including its makers and whether it utilizes the new PCIe 4.0 standard, blah, blah, blah. And then closing this article out, Cerny, quote, the raw speed is important, but so are the details of the input-output mechanisms and the software stack that we put on top of them. I got a PlayStation 4 Pro, and then I put in a solid state drive that costs as much as the PS4 Pro. It might be one-third faster. No further info was shared regarding services and other features, games, and price. But Sony confirmed that their next-gen console will be backward compatible with PlayStation 4 games. It had to be. I mean, we were all expecting it, you know, because the PS3 created the situation where, like, it was just so hard to create backward compatibility. Right on ps4 but that had to be there you know especially with how much microsoft's killing it on xbox yes. in terms of backward compatibility so yeah we we knew that was going to be there not to uh take the light off of sony as we haven't really shared our thoughts not that i have a lot to add uh did you see i guess microsoft is going to shed light on their next gen console come e3 which is no, no, and supposedly they are saying that their their machine from from reading these specs, their machine beats the PS. Well, their machine beats whatever this PlayStation Jesus Christ is. Almighty in heaven! I mean, it's look, it's it's PS Five, though, right? Like we we all agree it's PS Five. They're like Sony is not going to change the name. Oh yeah, absolutely. We've gone through this. I mean, we've gone through this a few times, right? I mean, it wasn't like the PS Four like they're not going to call it the PS Four because. Four means death in Japan, so they're gonna come right. up with some new name for right. it and everything. And it's it's the PS5. It's just but you're but you're it, you're saying the rumors are that the next offering from Xbox allegedly spec wise beats out what's yeah. So some somebody online, um, and I don't know this person. I don't know where their source is, but uh, the. Uh, somebody came in, where's the actual link, and said, if I can find the link, uh, this person, uh, Ashley Bowden, uh, former founder and head editor of Seasoned Gaming, whoever that is, uh, the PS5 hardware details so far were exactly what we were hoping for, even beyond what many were expecting. Multiple insiders have now confirmed its true Xbox Anaconda, quote-unquote, be more advanced as rumored. All this means next year is going to be amazing for fans of both. And then somebody else also said that, like, supposedly Microsoft's doing some really impressive things with their hardware. So it's going to be a question of, you know, 
which one's more powerful, but at the end of the day, who cares? You know? Like, I don't know. I mean, I... I, I, No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I'm assuming you say that, look, maybe, by a long shot, maybe with this next leap, we'll be eating those words. But... Sure, maybe. I'm with you, I believe. Not to put words in your mouth. Things have been so close in recent months. And and to go back, first of all, it is shocking to me in a way that this generation is already coming to a close. You and I have been recording now for uh, on and off, you know, t- you know, when we can for approximately five years now, close to half a decade, mm-hmm. which is the bulk of this current cycle. And the reason I'm mentioning that is not a cheap plug to ourselves. It's because if you remember early on when we started recording, we both said something to the extent that, you know, because this generation still hadn't kicked into high gear yet. Right. If it wasn't for all of the remasters, up-resing, and stuff we had already purchased in PS2 and PS3 era or 360... you know, the early goings of this generation would have been really slim pickings. Now, look, there's so much con- there's so much stuff out there right now. There's so much yeah. stuff in our backlog, which we say, you know, we've been saying over the last 10 years uh, in our personal lives. Um, but it's it's like, um, yeah, with, with this next offering, yeah, I don't know. It's... I'm kind of losing my train of thought, but it has to be the back on the backwards compatibility thing. It's almost a necessity be, that you can kind of need to dip back. And some of this stuff has already been tailor made to either upscale or bump up to 4K, even if it's not native. But um, yeah, I mean, it was I, I just can't believe this generation is now getting ready to close out in the next 12 to 18 months. I mean, to be fair, that's been oh, it's, it's been, it's been, been, about been se- what, seven, seven correct. years. Correct. Yeah. And, and I want to be clear, when I say it doesn't matter hardware power-wise, what I mean is the things that are going to be important, like two things from this that I'm actually really excited for are um, the SSD stuff, how that works. If if So it's funny because going into the PS4, Xbox One generation, we suddenly moved to this, you have to install your discs, right? right. Like that did not exist before. And that existed because games needed the increased speed of reading from a hard drive versus reading from a disc. But now reading from a disc is too slow. They need the next step. And if that does come to fruition, and if it does actually have, you know, sizable advantages, that's a great thing. The only problem is, and this is a problem the entire way through, this is the problem with every system that comes out, is you always say, okay, well, next gen, they're going to have enough power that they're going to have, you know, 60 frames per second and all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. And, 1080p for sure you know inevitably the problem is as soon as they get more power developers are uh feel kind of like required to do bigger and more more visually impressive games to max it out as much as they can for the time right and because they're doing that then all of a sudden you've got a game that can't run at 60 frames per second and it can't run at full resolution so i guess the one caveat to this is that might be great, and it might actually produce real-world, like, huge benefits. But then we're going to see games that maybe take advantage of that and then get us back to points where we have longer load times again because you're loading in so much world, so many little details and things like that. So I don't know how much that's going to help in the end of the day. Um, what I have seen in ray tracing is really, really cool. Like, it adds a lot to games, like, visually. I guess my one concern now is like, how are they doing ray tracing? Is it software based? Is it hardware based? 
you know, what level they're doing it at, because I believe it's kind of a, you know, uh, hardware intensive kind of uh, uh, option to put into games. So if it works well, it's going to make our games look a lot better. It should. But we still need to see like what what ways are implementing this and like how far it goes and on what level you can use it and things like that. So, I mean, it's funny because I haven't been hugely like waiting for the next gen consoles, but right. reading through this list and these details, like I am a little bit excited now. And I'm, I'm kind of getting the hype for getting a new wave of systems. Like it feels like it does feel like, man, they're already going to replace the PS4 and the Xbox one, but it will be seven years next year. And you have to remember that console cycles used to be right. four to five years. So this is not fast looking back through the history of our, our systems. Can, can I be very honest? Sure. Now, I know I'm sure I'm going to be on these bandwagons. I'm I'm 99% sure, you know, definitely pick up a PS5. I'll pick up the next Xbox. I can't say that I'm really excited. I think it's a combination of things, though. I think it comes down to my age. And I don't mean like I'm tired of video games. It's it's not that. I, I The bad taste in my mouth right now, I think the reason I'm not v- very excited has been because of the way video games have been handled the last couple of years with excessive DLC. Sure. Uh, and and I'm, not, I'm not trying to rain on the... Per- like, here's the deal. If that wasn't an issue or if we didn't have as many fragmented titles... Um, you know, that that type of that dark cloud over gaming, if if it was more the old structure of yesteryear and these new systems were coming, I'd be more excited. Um also the thing to take into consideration is you remember in the PlayStation 3 days, that was the first time we went to HD. You remember people like Kojima saying it took an immense amount of time to create the textures and and whatnot have you for Metal Gear Solid 4 at the time, and that game took so long. And then, you know, this past generation, it was, you know, like you said, achieving true 1080p at times, 60 frames, taking up massive, you know, more amounts of data and creating these virtual worlds and stuff like GTA 5 and Red Dead takes forever with the AAA budget. So, you know where I'm headed with this. I mean, what's going to be ready for launch? Now, and I'll let you speak on this. I'm going to make an assumption that like one of the big titles or maybe even two for launch. I'm thinking maybe Cyberpunk. Yeah, I think think that one's a a pretty good bet. But the trick there is, is because we both know the reason why that's maybe possible is because that game has already been in development for what? seven eight years and it wasn't even technically for the next generation but you know they'll be able to teeter-totter and you know modify it for then you know it's it's kind of wor- well, I, I think the question is going to be and this is a, a thing where I, I i actually have more faith on the microsoft side than the sony side but i think what we're going to need to see is you know it used to be the consoles were very very different and like each new console was its own you start from scratch right build this custom Custom hardware, custom chipset, custom this and that, put it together, you know. Um, and and we've gotten away so that consoles are basically now just like like compartmentalized PCs, right? Right. Like off the off the shelf components, put them all together, sell one configuration for one price. Um, 
the 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 potential good part about that if it works right and this is where i want to see if sony did it well or not because i know microsoft's really pushing for this is to have the idea that games can go from platform to platform without reworking huge chunks of those games and thinking of it more like a pc development you know or like a, a game from windows 7 and windows 10 is basically the same game might be just you know some few different files here and there um so I think the this the good point might be that we might have the potential of a lot of games coming out where they're going to be on both generations, but there might be some really huge leaps in the next gen versions of those mm-hmm. games. You know, because previously when that happened, it was always like, well, we can't make the next gen version too good We're- because then it's going to be hard to port that back to the the old console right you know so so the games were kind of like kind of neutered not not but held back in a way because they had to remember about being playable on the old system as well whereas in this technically you know the way it should work is you've got a lot of the exact same game pieces that when you then put on the new console you get way better texture way better resolution way better lighting way better draw differences draw distances way better frame rates and all those kind of things and so i i think the good thing this time might be there might be a lot better uh launch window libraries because you're going to have hopefully more choices in yeah this game's coming to the old system it's also coming to the new system and you're going to see real improvements from that that new next gen version that's the hope Right. That's that's the hope of how it's going to work. Yeah, and I think it's almost like you said, it's almost a reversal of how it used to be, where if you had a title that was multi-plat, like for example, like if it was PlayStation One and Dreamcast, you know, the Dreamcast one would look better and cleaner a lot of the times. It wasn't always a slam dunk that it was the better version, but they also didn't fully take advantage of the Dreamcast arch- architecture because the game, way the game was built, it wasn't done from the ground up for the system. Now, I'm no expert, uh, no programmer, but I'm assuming why it may be the reverse of that now is with the leap in horsepower, it's so great that they have so much more flexibility and room to maneuver around that they can really tack on what they need to that, you know, that product. It's almost like future proof in a way. And I mean, I'll spend time like you have a lot more developers now who are used to the PS4, PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. Xbox One, Xbox One X, where you're keeping in mind that the exact same game can actually be better on better hardware without putting too much effort into it, without having like two separate SKUs. Right. And and I will say, you know, I think one reason for both of us to, to be excited about PS5 would it would be that as as two people still in the 1080p generation, we're gonna get some real benefits out of this, you know. Our, our 1080p games are going to look really nice and should have, well, should look really nice and should have really great frame rates. Sure. Like, not that there's been issues really with draw distances and whatnot, or but yeah, draw distances, frame rate, um, that should be squeaky clean, tippity top. Because if I could have the promise of like every game having like, you know, good anti-aliasing and, and right. good buffering and... and and no screen tearing and 60 frames per second all in 1080p rock solid 1080p not like variable frame rate i mean variable resolution like 
to me, that's a great promise. And right. I almost, there's part of me that almost says, I'd rather just say 1080p for a while than jump to 4K because I would like having that that security mm-hmm. of knowing I'm getting those benchmarks that I really care about. Right. The other so. thing here, too, and we'll move along here because we're at about the 22-minute mark, but let me ask you this. You know, I've done a little research into making the jump to 4K in the past, and obviously I have not yet, and I still don't intend to. I'd say for at least another nine months to a year minimum. But correct me if I'm wrong, Molly. Um, if Let's make believe tomorrow I went out, bought a 4K TV, and then got an Xbox One X and or PS4 Pro. I then need specialized HDMI cables to also, like, it's not just the TV, it's not just the system. Then you need specialized cables as well, correct? Um, that's a good question. Like, I, I think I think when you say specialized, I think it's just you have to make sure that you've got the right version of HDMI cables right. that have the, the, the proper bandwidth. Mm. So it's not like, you know, $120 monster cables or anything. Right. But I, I, I do think you have to just make sure that you have... You know, to me, it's kind of like thinking about Ethernet cable, how there's like Cat5 and Cat6, for example. And and Cat5 is going to have way less bandwidth than Cat6 does. And so I'm just making sure that on today's routers and systems, you want to have, you know, Cat6 at least. There might well, be something more than that now. I don't know. And, and but, here's the other thing, not to cut you off. You know, the other thing you got to watch, and I know you know this as well, is you can go out and get a 4K TV. And I know the prices have come down greatly. But then you got to watch the refresh rate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, refresh rate and also like how how is the HDR where how is the backlighting how many how much backlighting God. areas do they have right it's and then I know like I mean you know what's funny is like, I mean think about think about back when like HD TVs first started mm-hmm. is there were these weird resolutions that weren't even like 720p they were what like 740 something yeah I remember stuff like, like 13 something like yeah. seven something I don't remember but um you know so it's it's Companies have made this stuff harder than it should be mm-hmm. at times and not have like clear things. But yeah, you know, at this point, you have a, a lot of things to keep in mind just to make sure that you're getting an, a TV, 4K TV that actually will show you a picture that you're going to notice is different. Right. Now, Molly, I know what you're thinking with all this. PlayStation 5 on the horizon, the next Xbox, the potential uh, reworked handheld based switch possibly this year and then a pro powered mm. switch down the line i know what you're thinking mm. still not enough gaming to uh <laughs> to hold you over you're there's never you're enough in fear games that i wish your, there your were backlog more. is disappearing you've yep. only got like one or two games left in the stack and you're like you know what i've got more money to spend i'm buying a new tv i'm buying three new consoles i want to get another 3ds before they disappear i got money to burn yeah. So I've got just a thing for you. Oh. Capcom. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You, you just... Okay, th- okay, okay, okay. <laughs> did, did you, like, check the calendar when you saw this? Because you're thinking, like, it has to be April 1st, right? Like, I'm in some sort of time warp, and I didn't realize that it wasn't the middle uh, of April. Yeah, I I know it. Um, yeah. Capcom had an announcement. And I know what you're thinking. You just got your beautiful Mega Drive Analog NT. You're getting ready to put your pre-order in on the uh, Mini Genesis and Mega Drive. And you're like, you know what? It's still not enough. Wait, this is the same day as PS5 stuff, right? Wasn't it same day? 
<laughs> yeah. And and, yeah. Uh, and the like, and the prices and the prices almost uh, PS5 worthy. Yeah. So Capcom announces the home arcade plug and play. It arrives October 25th in Europe. Uh, the technically the American release date hasn't been announced yet. And it is a dual. No, 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 no. Hang on, yep. hang on. Before you go yep. on, you're telling me that Capcom's going to make some sort of hardware for me to play their arcade games at home. Yep. Now, so far in that, I I do have interest. Well, but go on. Capcom has announced a new plug-and-play device. The Capcom Home Arcade will give people access to sixteen. That's one six. Mm. Of the company's arcade games on 1025 in Europe, Peep, uh, people plug the device, which uses Sanwa Denshi arcade parts, into their TVs via HDMI. That's good. That's good. They can then play alone or with a friend. It will cost $229.99, and that's in pounds, so hold on. I, I think the right price was like 250 Is that what the... US uh, American dollars. So for... The pr- the price of a holiday bundle switch, you can get this, uh, and I, I don't want to downplay this like it's junk because here's the deal: like you, the Sanwa Denshi parts, that's that's top of the line. And yeah, look, let's that, that's let's be realistic. Good. We know people are going to be taking this thing apart, trying to add to the ro- the 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 data that's on there. But as it stands, um, the Capcom Home Arcade was revealed via Twitter. And an official website, which included a video showing how the device looks and works. And it goes on to say, the Capcom Home Arcade is 11 centimeters tall, 74 centimeters long, and 22 centimeters deep. It Mm, uses It uses a micro USB to power it. And people, just what I need in my living room with my iPhones, tablets, laptops, readers, gaming devices, I need another cord to power another device. And and I actually have used a label maker to label my my cords. By the way, it's gotten that bad. And people can use its onboard Wi. Oh, I didn't. I actually hadn't read read this. Uh, people can use its onboard Wi-Fi to connect to online leaderboards to share their scores. That I actually didn't read. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually do like that. Uh, it has a Sanwa JLF TP eight YT sticks, OBSF buttons, and an eight way directional gates. So let's get to the meat of this. The 16 Capcom Home Arcade games are FB Alpha, CPS1, and CPS2 ROMs. Now, this is the this is the real exciting part to me, and I have a comment on this. It is the first time officially and legally that people at home will be able to play the original Alien vs. Predator arcade beat-em-up. Which is a very, very big deal. Which is a fantastic game. Look... For those that don't know, look, is it going to change your life and you're going to go to bed thinking this is, oh my God, this is game of the century? No. But if you want really cool, cool art style, you know, the one of the better beat-em-ups from back in that that era of the day, uh, great animation, just really a lot of cool factor and mindless action, you know, it's it's a fantastic title. So before I move on and list off the full 16, I, I just wish... You know, please, please tell me in this time frame that we're going to get this as a digital download on all the systems. Well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get there because I've got some I've got some complaints about this. So. Well, I do too yeah, because here, but- look, I can so 1944, the Loop Master, Alien versus okay. Predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want my quick opinion after 1944, Loop Master? Love the 1940 series. 
this isn't enough to make me go out and buy a double stick. Yeah. Alien versus Predator. Now we're starting to talk. No way I can justify 250 bones for just this, but I, you know what? It should be no more than 9.99 on a download. I'll give you 20 for a digital download for that one. I, I, I would actually, you know what, I would, I don't like doing this, but I would pay just to have a physical release of just this one game. Oh, and I paid, yeah, 23 bucks. I'll give you 40 say. for a physical release with nice box art. Yeah. <laughs> Better than 230 because the rest of these, pretty much the rest either I have, yeah. So Armored Warriors, Capcom Sport Club. Which is interesting. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think we've ever gotten that before, I don't believe. So Captain Commando. You know, really solid title, but we just recently got this in the uh, um, beat 'em up bundle. Yeah, the beat 'em up bundle. Cyberbots, Full Metal Madness. Uh, I love the art style. I have a watered version uh, downloaded already legally on uh, PS3. Um, Darkstalkers, The Night Warriors. You know, how many times do I own this damn game already? And I think I speak for our fans, too, because there's no casuals listening to this podcast. So not to put the mainstream casuals on everybody who's listening to this damn show, all 18 of you. I know damn well you you guys have this on Saturn, you know, arcade board, whatever. Yeah. Eco Fighters. It's another what? Yeah. Another uh, horizontal shooter going off memory. I think so. Final Fight, one of the greatest of all time. One of the greatest arcade beat-em-ups of all time. The argument can be made the greatest beat-em-up of all time. Uh, but guess what? I've got that. On I, I have it on everything. And we're talking arcade perfect versions with remixed soundtracks, original soundtrack. You know that uh, the 360 PS3 version they did years ago, which is fantastic, which is backwards compatible on Xbox One. I still play that regularly. Uh, Ghouls and Ghosts. That's that's the that's the right game to put on here if you're gonna pick one. So yeah, uh, Giga Wing. Uh, that is a good one. Yeah. That is a goodie. Yeah. Mega Man: The Power Battle. I love Mega. That's neat. I love Mega Man. Uh, but you know this isn't enough to light the fire under my ass. Pro Gear. Cool. Now yeah. now here's a rare one. <laughs> it has been quite some time since I've seen a home version of this. Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting. Yeah. Yeah, why that version? Uh, pff, Molly. Uh, no idea. Why that no version? No idea. Why that version? Uh, at one time, this next game legitimately for many years was my favorite game. Uh, Strider. Yep. Great game. But, you know, I've got that at least twice in my collection. And last but not least, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Not denying it's a classic. Once again, the question is: even for this top-notch, we're giving you know top-notch hardware. Are you willing to go out and spend two hundred to two hundred fifty bucks for those experiences? Okay, okay. So, so be- before we get to the big, big story here about what this thing looks like, mm-hmm. um, this this library to me is BS. Now. <laughs> We're, we're, we're going to talk a minute about the Genesis Mini, right? Which is going to have 40 games on it. Yep. Uh, NES Classic had 30 games on it. Yep. The Super Nintendo Classic. Uh, 21. A little short, little short change to us, but we still got 21 but, games. And not to kiss Nintendo's ass, but those 21, like 19 or 20 of those sure. were like, deserved sure. it. So 
this this list now the problem with this list is there's a few standout options right like alien vs predator of course um capcom sports club Mega man power battles pro gear there's there's some standout choices here but this feels like do you not look at this list and say this is missing this is missing well this is missing this is missing like there's no alpha for example not a single alpha on here well don't get me going down that road here's the deal if this not to jump to jump ahead to konami but like if this is one of those things where they're milking like a classics line digitally and then maybe we get a physical release you know six months later because you know how they love to everyone loves to double dip these days if this was Capcom coming out, not that they haven't done this 25 times over the years. If this is Capcom going, hey, we're revisiting arcade classics, CPS1 and CPS2 titles coming home. I'm making this number up. It's going to be an eight-volume set. This is okay. volume one. Download it for $24.99 coming next month. And then, you know, maybe a year from now, you, you know, Limited Run gets in on it and they do like a limited print run or Play Asia gets some international version. Okay. It would be more excusable if this was like volume one, and I still wouldn't agree with these choices out the gate. For that type of money and that type of scenario, okay. I, and, I, and I know I can't stress this enough, but when you are asking the consumer to spend $250 on a product that, you know, Christmas time last year, while it was a temporary price cut, you could get a brand new PlayStation 4 with Spider-Man. For one ninety nine, and I also want people to know at home that I'm not I'm not uh, forgetting the memories or the nostalgia. Like I understand the difference of this hardware versus like a PlayStation Four or modern gaming. I'm, I'm, that's not what I'm making this about. It's like, but when you're asking these people to open up their wallets, and you can get a, a brand new console with a couple games, like this is the price of a. It's just shy of the price of a Switch. So if you're going to charge that, with now I'm getting back to what you're saying. This thing has to have way more than, I mean, this thing has to have the greatest CPS ones. Not only would I want all of the games on there, I want, I want like digital art files. I want background information. I want stuff on this thing to make this a true Capcom collector's item. I don't just want the ROMs. Like when you're charging this kind of money, I don't just want the ROMs. You know, kind of like that Street Fighter anthology they did last year for 30 bucks. You had like all the behind the scenes information. You had the, you know, the marquee, you know, the cabinet art, sketch art. There was even like um, some of the 8-bit like Famicom art of like games that weren't released. You got to go the whole nine yards charging that kind of money. But to put six, well, 16 titles on there for 250 no way. Well, and that's what's frustrating is, is this should have been like a celebration of Capcom's yeah. arcade legacy. Yep. This, this, because you know this is going to be a, a limited kind of release. You're not going to make a ton, ton of these. Mm -hmm. This is this feels very, very special. It should have been special. And the the super frustrating part is cheaping out on games. Like this is the part that doesn't cost them anything, right? Like the the two hundred and fifty dollars that you're spending on this thing is actually mostly justified because of the hardware. Yes. Like the software side, this it costs them nothing to add more games to this. And my only thought is, unless they're going to later on try to have us pay to add more games to it, 
Like, it, there is no excuse for this having only 16 games. This should have been a celebration of the company's like arcade legacy. It should have had, said for, for God's sake, they should have had at least an alpha. And it should have had all of the alphas. It should have had all the Street Fighter 2s. There's no reason for it to not. It should have all the 1942 games. There's no reason not to. And it's especially kind of a little, little salty here feeling because we just got that Capcom beat up classics mm-hmm. collection where we didn't get Alien vs. Predator. Oh, it's bullshit. And, well, and the argument and, there would and have been... now it's coming d- yeah. in this, this limited edition mm-hmm. thing that most people can't afford. That eight people are going to buy, and those eight people are your favorite type of YouTubers and gamers. The ones that will be using this box and double stick as the foundation to hold up the rest of their game stack as their background of their YouTube videos. Yeah. It's just <laughs> the wall. It's it's like I this is this feels just like Capcom had an idea and then just had no idea how to execute on it. And that is proven when you look at this damn thing and the the not only are the two six together in one unit, and that that's okay. You can kind of get away with that, but you really shouldn't, but you could. But it is the Capcom logo. Yeah, it's that's the and correct. And before the you continue, is the Capcom logo. I'm not an expert when it comes to the names of arcade architecture and stuff. But wouldn't this be akin to kind of the Konami Super Gun for those that aren't looking at a picture? Now, look, the design and the Capcom logo. Obviously, I'm not saying that mimics it, but like, well, I know, I know. I mean, like, I, I believe it was. I don't know if it was an after aftermarket. Thing, but like I know there was. If you look at like thing like how like the the Street Fighter Two cabinets look, yeah. kind of like the deck with the two joysticks and buttons. Yes, I know there were home units that had like the two together on. Yeah, it. so there are examples of that being out there. And I was you you beat me to it. Didn't years ago you could buy those single or doubled up by Moss systems? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I mean we are go. I mean for those listening, we are going back. I think they used to advertise in Game Fan, but I think EGM all that stuff. So, but yeah, get back to what you're saying. It, yeah, it's like a it's it's the Capcom logo spread across it's the, the Capcom two logo. sticks, and and it's got clear buttons, so you can't see where the buttons are at. This is just like the most. I don't understand. I don't get it. Like like if you write on paper, right? We're gonna make arcade quality two player. Joystick hardware that has classic Capcom arcade games for $250. Like, you could sell me on that statement. And then every part of the execution, except for the putting Samwa parts into it, is wrong. <laughs> the game library is wrong. The the the, the shape of the damn yeah. thing is wrong. I was thinking the, the same the thing. The buttons look so that you can see where your buttons right. are at is wrong. It's not the iconic. Having, having it's the not, two things together, like at home, is wrong. It's not the iconic imagery that comes to mind. Like you know, you think Street Fighter Two, right? That cabinet, like you were just saying that. Right. I yeah. I don't understand how this. I don't get it. Let me ask you this. It's going to be similar to our famous PlayStation Mini uh, question. <laughs> so we're starting this at two hundred fifty bucks. At what point, when you start sending me photos on the phone, at what point, when we see the Walmart and Target blowouts, what price do you go in and go, you know what, even if this sits in the corner of my room and I play it once to go through AVP, 
at what point, at what do you pay? Honestly, zero. <laughs> because, look, I mean, look, I'm going to just be honest with you here. If, if, if I want that, yeah. you know what I do? Yeah. I get a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. <laughs> I put the AVP oh, ROM on there. Yeah. I use my PS3 stick because it can also work on PC. And I've got that. <laughs> like, honestly, so, there is nothing. So you're telling like, me. Just through the record, you will pick up a PlayStation Mini first. I would pick up a PlayStation okay. Mini before I pick up. Wow! Just, just because I mean, wow. just if, okay, even if the hardware <laughs> no, side was great I'm not, and the I library like this, was yeah. awful, I would, I would then be like, okay, maybe I would take it. But I'm not going to have a giant Capcom logo <laughs> with joysticks sticking out of it sitting in my room. That, I got to tell you, that is a first. I didn't ever expect to hear on this show. A PlayStation Mini coming first over this Capcom stick. I mean, who at the end of the day, who's getting fired from Capcom after this thing comes out? Because we, I mean, but you know, you know, you know what they could do? They could pull a Sega, right? Which we're going to talk about. <laughs> they, they could, they could say, you know what? We were wrong. Yeah. Because the, these are all renders. They don't. I don't think they have anything made yet. They could be like, we were wrong. Uh-huh. We're going to rethink this and. We'll, we'll, we'll come back and with a new idea for it and make something that looks do, great and has a lot of games and that you want. Do, do, you think, uh, do you think we're going to get AVP digitally for download or you think they're going to be stupid and keep it on this piece of garbage? I think, I think, like, I don't, so the problem is that you don't know what the, the license is. See, that's my question. And, so, and, so you, okay. So this is kind of my argument as to why I think it might happen is like if they had to pay for that license to get it back. Don't you think they're going to want to whore it out and get it out on as much stuff as possible before that license ends? Well, I'm saying that, like, yeah, but but if they only license it in terms of being this limited release thing, like, how pissed are fans going to be it's, if if we finally get AVP mm, and this is the only way you mm, get it? Mm, mm. No. But anyway, we we have to move on. So we next, have, uh, not a lot of time left. We talked about PS5. We talked about the beautiful uh, dual Capcom stick. And just today it was announced 10 more Genesis mini games have been announced. Yes. Now, I'm going to go over the USA side of things. I do have the uh, other ones as well. But let's go over USA. I'm going to go through the 10. Thunder Force 3. Good. Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. Good. World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Not bad, but I could take it or leave it. Streets of Rage 2. Of course. Super Fantasy Zone. A good. They must have been listening to our last recording, which hasn't gone up yet. <laughs> Contra Hardcore. Uh, uh, fantastic. Landstalker. Fantastic. Shinobi 3. Of course. This one's a little surprising, and I thought of this after I was typing this up. Earthworm Jim. Now, this is interesting to me because if you remember... Will this have the original voice slash voice acting intact? Because you remember they did those HD remasters. It's probably been about 10 years now. You remember they had to re-record the Earthworm Jim's voice? No, I don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, it's not the same. I don't know if they did it for hmm. technical reasons or hardware, but yeah. So And those were good, by the way. But yeah, so Earthworm Jim, I was very surprised to see on here. Very deserving. Well, And also, Earthworm Jim means that they've gotten, from my understanding, is they, they've gotten... Working that with Virgin, which if they've worked that with Virgin, that could also mean things like Aladdin could be here too. Oh wow! So and then uh, rounding out this next ten, 
uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Expected. Yeah, so that's yeah. one of those things. It's like, you know, uh, that may be the only other game I own as many times as Street Fighter 2. But you have to put it on the... I mean, once again, to beat up on the PlayStation uh, Mini, how do you put out the PS Mini without Crash? It yeah. would be like, how do you put out the Genesis without, you know, what people considered the best uh, incarnation of Sonic on the Genesis? So they got that out of the way. And I mean, it's funny because we're, we're at half the games now, right? Yep. And I I wouldn't hate it if this was all we got. I'd say it's very close. I think it's not quite at the sweet spot, but I, mean, I think yes. it's... Yes, I mean, there's obviously if, things still missing, but it's like, I would be like, you know what? This this isn't the worst thing in the world. If I didn't know any more, you know, beyond this, or we didn't know there were going to be 40, I'd say I'd be 60 to 70% sold on it. Yeah. You know, I think that's fair. I mean, it's it's a it's. I feel it's still a little bit of a safe list compared to the Japanese side, but um, except for World of Illusion, like, and I don't want to hate on it. I just think like it doesn't need to be there if you've got Castle of Illusion. But I guess it's 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 a, it's a nice kind of family friendly two player game. But now, um, oh, keep going. I'm sorry. I was gonna say like I don't think we need it, but otherwise, this is a slightly safe but very good quality list. So last minute after I printed out these articles and you texted me earlier today to do this addendum. Uh, I didn't know they had announced the 10 overseas for Japan as well. Yeah. So I took a screenshot on my phone so I didn't forget. So I'm going to go through those 10 again real quick. There's a couple of differences. So we start Thunder Force 3, Super Fantasy Zone. Now, mm-hmm. here's a big one. And it's so funny because mm-hmm. we talked about this on the recording that people haven't heard yet. Musha. Which that better be on the American I, side I, because if it's not, they're really missing an opportunity the, to make Sega fans happy. People will complain. World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald, Streets of Rage Two, the hybrid font uh, front. If I could get the words out of my mouth, the hybrid front, which I don't know much about, but my understanding is this is one of those kind of really interesting and nice choices to see on the system as, as like a kind of daring choice much like the neo geo when there's a genesis game that comes up and i don't i'm not familiar with it it's really shocking i have to look that up because i don't know if i've seen it and just don't know the name it's not by uh it's not a techno soft title is it i'm not sure i'm looking now but i don't know i know it's it's, it's sega oh it is turn turn-based strategy oh it is I'll have to look that up. Looks uh, nice, so. Landstalker once again, Contra Hardcore, mm-hmm. Dina Brothers Two. Is that Bonanza Brothers? That's that would be my guess. And we're gonna try out my uh, Japanese here. Game no Kanzume Otokuyo. I was really hoping that was gonna make the list. Now is that is that? I think I think to save you a little bit, I think the first one is game, not game. Le- I think it's like video game game. Let's see. Because in in it's it's game in oh, it the title screen, so it's game. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't know what it is though. So okay, this is a and I didn't know either. This is a compilation of Sega game Toshokan games released for the Sega Mega Drive, a digest version of the Mega CD collections Game no Kanzume Volume One and Game no Kanzume Volume Two. It was released exclusively through the Japanese Sega channel at some unknown time. Um, so it's it's this is interesting release. This is one part I did know previously um, to reading this was that whatever this is, it was only on the Sega channel. Oh, wow. So this is actually kind of a really big deal to be on there. 
on Genesis' side, which would kind of maybe give me a little bit of hope that we might see Mega Man the Wily Wars. But we'll see. Let me ask you this. So I know you're on the fence about this device because you just got the analog. But at this point, I know, I know you and I were talking and feeling that at this point, we we're going to import the Mega Drive version. At this point, because of some of the content on the U.S. version and now the J- Japanese, and we don't obviously officially know all of the differences yet, if any. Well, well there's definitely going to be a couple. Would you be crazy enough to do one and one or are you still sticking to Japan? No, if if, if I was going to get it, I'm going to get Japanese version, I think, still. Like, I mean, I said, it's 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 rough because the analog is there. You know, if it wasn't there, 100% absolutely would have an American one. And all the respect in the world to what they're doing with it so far, I think the lineup is great for the most part. One or two, you know, arguments. But um, if in any other situation, I would definitely get the American one and be really happy with it. But... The, the Mega SG, I can't say it's not there. So, um, yeah, it's a shame. But like I said, I really respect what they're doing. Will the and, J- and, sorry, so. will the Japanese be selling the, the six-button controller separately? I I did see PlayAsia has a pre-order page up, and they did list the six-button controller on its own. Mm. But I don't know if that's them just like wishful thinking or if it has actually been announced. God, this is. I mean, I would, I would, I would assume they would because if you get the one controller version, you're going, to, you're going to want the option to get mm-hmm. a second controller. Mm-hmm. So, boy, this is tough because, boy, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta think about this. This is really upsetting. <laughs> upsetting for different reasons than the Capcom one because, yeah, I ha- yeah. But it's it's nice. Like it's yeah. nice that like it's nice that there's actual like. I kind of want both. So which one do I get? Right. You know, that's that's way, way far away from where we could be. Well, let's try and wrap this up on two final pieces, one which we've already talked about. This won't take as long. So uh, as we close out this addendum here on GVGP36, once again, want to thank all of you fans for downloading, giving us the kind words on Twitter and continuing to support us. Uh, speaking of all these trips into the past, you know, we're talking about 8K, 4K, 60 frames, but uh, we're spending so much time here going 20 years into the past. Castlevania Anniversary Collection reveals its full lineup today and a May 16th release. So it is one month out and that's for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and I believe PC. Uh, and I think Switch, but Switch yeah. uh, date isn't on the same day. It's going to be in that bracket of time. Konami celebrating its 50th anniversary with three major collections, including the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, featuring eight games, with four that were revealed today, plus a May 16th date. The previous four titles revealed for the Castlevania Anniversary Collection were Castlevania, Castlevania II Belmont's Revenge, uh, actually that was a Game Boy version, Castlevania III Dracula's Curse NES version, and Super Castlevania IV SNES version. The following four titles will also be included in the collection. Castlevania Bloodlines. Uh, If you're still playing that drinking game at home uh, and you really thought we were done, well, I got faked out too because it is now in this Castlevania collection. Kid Dracula. Um, That one... 
Uh, was released in 1990 as Boku Dracula-kun in Japan. Kid Dracula is a cute and light-hearted take on the Castlevania franchise and is rumored to be one of the first times we meet Gallimoth, better known as one of the bosses in Symphony of the Night. Uh, that one's kind of cool in there for nostalgia purposes. Yeah. Castlevania The Adventure. Uh, that was released in 89 uh, for the Game Boy. And then last but not least, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. I'm assuming that's obviously NES version because earlier was the Game mm-hmm. Boy version. Now, with all of that being said, uh, probably going to download this. Uh, I won't get too into it. It's Castlevania. My main reasons for downloading that will be Bloodlines, uh, Super Castlevania 4. Not that I don't already have that. And then just for nostalgia, I'll probably play it for two minutes and never touch it again. Kid Dracula. My, my little complaint since the Game Boy stuff was on here, and not that I would have played it much, my, my complaint is we didn't get the Castlevania on Game Boy with the female lead. Yeah. I don't. I, I was upset that that wasn't on 3DS in recent years because we got so much other stuff. Like, I have almost a complete Castlevania collection on the damn 3DS. But I'm really surprised we didn't get uh, Legends, as you said. And I can't believe it's not on here. Well, let me throw one more mention of this for you, Anthony. <laughs> so the the first of these, the Konami Arcade Classic Anniversary Collection, came out today. Okay. And the problem is, and so a lot of this is based off of um, hamsters' work oh, that they're doing. Okay. You know, um, that it was found that on this collection, they have taken out the ability to pick the region for the games. So, like, if you buy the Japanese version, you own the Japanese region versions of the games. For America, you only get the American version, a region version of those games. Now, the problem this is going to be for the arcade classics collection, possibly, I mean, depending on who you are and what your opinions are, the Castlevania collection and going forward, is that a lot of these games have big differences between the Japanese versions and the Western versions in terms of, like, difficulty, for example. So, you're... For anybody who wanted to get these, if you know enough to know those differences, you're going to have to pick which collection to get, depending oh on which one has more gosh. of the versions of games that you want. So that is one kind of rough part about these collections that has soured me a little bit. What I don't get, and I'm sure it's... N- and, and, and I'm sorry, yeah. just to be clear, that if, if for any of these games that are sold separately, from, from my knowledge... And I could be wrong on this, but from my knowledge, any of the games that are sold separately um, through the Hamster Arcade Archives, all those have the region selection. So this is interesting that you bring up because while I'm not going to experience that much in the Castlevania collection if I do decide to get it because a lot of that is not in the – the only thing Castlevania related I have on PS4 downloaded is Haunted Castle. Um. But that is a very good point because jumping jumping around to the Konami classics, uh, which I didn't realize came out today, the list of games that was on, there was like one or two things that interested me. But a lot of the other stuff I already owned, like you just said, I already have Gradius, the arcade version on PS4, Gradius 2. Uh, I think I even have Life Force. I have Haunted Castle. So, I mean, that like destroyed the whole collection there for me. Right. So... I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's tough. Like it, it's a shame that they took that out, and like cause all the rest of the options from the the hamster stuff are still in there, but they did take took out the kind of uh, region selection. So I don't know. Like I, 
like it's a lot cheaper to get the collection but then you're not getting the options so it's going to be a case for me of like do i how many of these games do i care about you know changing the region and how many do i don't so i don't why know. don't people just learn with what m2 did on ps3 and and 360 yeah but it's konami konami I, has to always yeah. do something so so we'll wrap it up on this. Uh, quick thoughts. I already kind of talked about it. I guess quick uh, rapid-fire question. Uh, it seems like Switch, the revision version, the more handheld-focused one, probably going to get it this fall. That uh, I don't even want to call it rumor, but it popped up again uh, from the Wall Street Journal and Nikkei. Uh, what do you think? Uh, here, here's my take on it. I'm all in on it and picking up another Switch because I love wasting money. As long as I am pleased with the design... And the build quality is good. Meaning, what I mean by that is, I want something 3DS in quality or modern 2DS. If it's anything, and I know it won't be, but if it's anything like that slab of ugliness of that 2DS that came out years ago for kids, if it's any sort of cheap shortcut on that, then I'm out. But if it's a nice quality handheld, like the other Nintendo handhelds, I'm in. As, as much as I've bitched about how big the Switch is as a handheld, and as much as I was saying I like the Vita's sizing better, um, like, I, I appreciate too much the ability to switch it between handheld and what? console. Uh-huh. And I don't know how much use I would get out of it as just a handheld. So, I mean, like, I don't know that I'm going to buy, spend the money to buy the handheld-only version then have two Switches sitting around. I appreciate it's going to exist, and... I might be tempted later on, but for now, like, I don't know why I would get it, but it's going to be interesting to have it. And there might be part of me that's, that is tempted by the more Vita sized handheld only switch. So there was a rumor and I found this very hard to believe. And I didn't mention it until I'm only saying it because you said what you said. There was a rumor that saying it would still maintain TV functionality. Well, they, supposedly they might have a dock that you can plug into the dock and watch it on TV. They're playing on TV, oh, okay. so that might. But you need like an extra controller and everything. So mm. that, so it might, it might be a thing. I don't know, mm. but like, I, I, I've, I've grown to attach to the current switch and appreciate the that option that it provides me. That I don't know that I would ever get rid of that, and so this wouldn't be a replacement. It would be a second switch to have, and I don't know why I would need that, mm. except for like. I'm going on, you know, traveling somewhere and I want to take it with me and I want something that's smaller and easier to carry, right. I guess. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, look, well, thank you once again, Molly, for making the time doing this addendum uh, while it's still fresh, fresh info for our fans. And, uh, yeah, once again, thank you for listening to GVGP. Uh, check us out at radio.morningproject.com, 24-bit A-J-E on Twitter, M-O-L-L-I-P-E-N. That's Molly Penn on Twitter. Um, send us a tweet, give us a holler and, uh, keep on gaming.